0: Talking Tesla Talking Tesla Tesla I'm not sure if like, my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator As they put rings on Elon It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there Tom
1: Oh I'm sure there's some math So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal um, Landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, charger, <laughs> charger,
0: charger. <laughs> char- I expected to drive a car without autopilot. i
1: Charger, charger, <laughs> charger. You know, I'm not a good parker, yeah. Tom. I'll be in the first of minute I just think that this is a car company that is run
0: by super geeks. Six.
1: All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. To Tesla. Uh, you don't even yeah, have to remember slide.
0: that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I
1: wouldn't
2: call it a screw up. Do you like your Model X? God,
1: It's beautiful. <laughs>
0: So the only thing I've added to this entire thing is a little something I like to call fun with release notes.
2: <laughs> Fondle and release? Fun
0: with release notes. There was a new release. Okay. I got a new software update like the next I day after the other, like two days after the software update. But mine, yeah, I am too. now in the lead of software updates with you bitches. I don't think well, then, so. Then you know I've what? You're not in the lead of properly updating any of the show notes. Are we? Oh, are we actually shtick. recording right I now? Am, I am recording right now. We haven't. We haven't I'm started recording. the show because Mel hasn't done his in, indomitable blobbly 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 blobs yet. So we should not talk about our release notes until that
2: time comes.
1: Well, how about we do this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for Talking Tesla 178. You've been listening to the pre-show, but now the show is actually about to begin. Here it is, Model 3 2020.24.6.9.
0: Oh, so now I'm I'm in third place again. Or no, well, me and Robert are now tied for third place. So if you didn't hear, if you don't hear the pre-show because it's basically a bunch of babble, which is very, very different than the very structured aspects of the rest of this show, then I... Yeah, the well-thought-out you show. You would have heard me say that I was in the lead as it pertained to latest OS operating systems for the Tesla Model 3. That is uh, clearly incorrect, or at least we say it's clearly incorrect, in uh, Robert and I have the same software, Mel uh, refuses on any level to update the document so we can all see <laughs> that he has the latest. So according to the document, Mel is oh on my. 2019, which was last year, 3211. So like basically the 32nd <laughs> week of last year is the last time Mel decided that he would share what current operating system he has, even though... He has the newest car. He apparently has operating system from before that car was even built. So I don't know. I don't know how he did that, but good on you, buddy. That's not easy to do. Very, imp- very thank impressive. You. Thank you. Hey, do you want to get a Model Y update? Why?
1: Uh... <laughs> yeah, they fixed the. How many years will window. that live?
0: Uh, forever.
2: Oh yes. Tell us about it. Wait, wait, wait. Window. Hold on. They fixed great. the
0: window again. Again. <laughs> yeah. Thank
1: you. <laughs> not again. They haven't fixed it again because they need another part. But the good okay. news is, is now I don't have to worry about accidentally opening up that door and maybe the window not actuating correctly and scratching again. They've got a new system to solve The door doesn't happening. open. Duct tape. Duct tape. The door yes! doesn't open. <laughs> the door doesn't
0: open at all.
1: And, and I've got another Wait for a minute. You. More? Uh, why? Uh, because it's the why. Uh, the reader of the RFID uh-huh. card doesn't work now the reader
0: of the RFS so that's the card that allows you to get in and or drive the vehicle is that correct
1: yes the one in the uh, the pillar there by the outside huh. trying to the son and I were out surfing and um I couldn't get into the car I had to find a nice fireman to call home to have my wife open up the car and it was a disaster I thought it was because maybe I bent the card but then I found a nice other new card that was sitting here at home and that won't open the car either. Huh. So,
0: process of do you elimination. Think it's the way you're it's holding it. If in <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an iPhone. It's not an oh. iPhone four, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I get I get confused with my Silicon Valley technology excuses uh, again. Do you like the Model Y? Love okay. the Y. It's the
1: greatest car. But it's just got a few. Uh, boys and girls, I've said this uh-huh. many times. Do not be stupid uh-huh. like me and get the car when it's in the first six months yeah. of production. That would be uh-huh. stupid. Otherwise, you're going to have all if, these problems.
0: Let me ask you. So I accept Let, let me ask fate. you this question. Do you like the Model Y better when you're in it or when you're locked out of it?
1: <laughs> I like it slightly less when I can't slightly less. Okay, when I'm standing on the side okay, of the So road. like scale
0: of one to ten, right. like nine if you're in it, and like if you're on the outside of it. Uh, two, two. Oh, well, that's that's a lot lower, actually. Because it
1: yeah. is a nice looking car. So I, you know, I was like, <laughs> get yeah, look, at, look at my nice car. I can't get into. It.
0: <laughs> right. So where was your phone? Did you lock it in the car? Yeah. So you locked the phone in the car, and then you took the card into the ocean. Yes. And then when you came out of the ocean after catching some waves, hitting the curls, whatever you kids say when you're doing your surfing, uh, you put it up against the pillar. Nothing.
1: Zero, nada.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Must have been Sad, very fair, disappointing to you.
1: Upsetting.
2: Have a question. If you put, did you then try to put the card in the center console to get the car started?
1: I couldn't get in the car.
0: But once you got I in know, the car, once you
1: got in, once I got in the car,
0: I turned on my phone, right, and used that. But Robert asks a valid question that I don't maybe, maybe you're having a hard time comprehending. Is the, is the RFID to get into the car broken? Is the card broken or will the card not also actuate the actival, activol which is not a word, actival. the actable driving of the vehicle.
1: I haven't checked the actable, but uh, <laughs> I used a separate card to try and get into the car, and I couldn't. That's why I'm saying okay. I think the so reader established, is broken. Okay. We've
0: established the reader is broken. We've established that baseline. But I haven't
1: checked the Actival right, right, reader. I'm going to try the Actival. I, try the
0: actival.
2: The actival. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it would be important to those of us who surf or do water sports and want to rely on the card to, you know open the car for us and if somehow the salt water negated
0: the card but, but, but a follow-up question for you robert let's just say that the salt water did impact the card and another you problem you can't get in so it doesn't matter if it's if it's open or not right like the one thing does not beget the other in that particular case like if you had left your phone at home and drove down and only had the card and then drove the card, And then the card was affected by, I don't know, Sigmund and the sea monsters or whatever saltwater kind of a situation. And you wouldn't open the car. Well, then obviously it wouldn't, you know, like you can't get in the car. You're going to bust out the window and then go in the car. I'm just
2: thinking, is this a problem with Mel? Or is this a problem that
0: all of us have to pay attention ooh, to? Ooh. I, ho- I, I hope it's not just a problem with Mel. Do I mean that? Yes, of course I do. Is that funny? Not really. That's not, that's not the funny answer to that question at all. No, but I, I, my, I, I, get, I get your point, though.
1: My son says all the time with the keycard. Dude. Okay. And he hasn't had a problem. Um, so it's obviously you. Because so you were surfing
0: with the key card. And obviously obviously me. Does he surf all the time with the key card in the Y or does he surf all the time with the key card in the three? Because you guys have, like, I don't even know how many Teslas you have over there. It's hard to keep track.
1: <laughs> in the three, which is old mm-hmm. and works well now. Uh-huh. Yeah, he works. He uses a key card like that all the time. Yeah, I do on. Well, let me occasion, ask you this. I do
0: on occasion. Sorry, Robert. I do on occasion have issues with my key card as well, not working on the door, and you have to move it around a little bit and up and down, and like so. That to me has always been not perfection. So I feel your pain. I love the
1: idea of the key card. I mm-hmm. love the fact that it just slips in the wallet, uh, but. Yeah, I think they need a bit more robust reading of the RFID because I see lots of people at the rest at the restaurant, at Ralphs and stuff with their Teslas because there's so many here. They're swiping and they're tapping and they're swiping. I'm like, I know how that feels.
0: Maybe they need like a card slot.
2: You remember that guy who actually took the part of the RFID card out of the card mm-hmm. and imp- and and put it under his skin? Yes. So he could just wave his wrist over the car.
1: You'd think if you can implant it subcutaneously with all the white cells and the fibrosis and all the crap that's going on there, that yeah. seawater should be okay. We're basically yes. lumps of seawater anyway, so you know.
0: Can you imagine, like, yes. if that stopped working though? <laughs> <Like> you-
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> or you were surfing I- and.
0: God forbid, you got your hand bit off oh, by a shark.
1: Oh, a shark. You're like, oh. I need that hand. Not only oh. am I bleeding to death, I can't get into my car. <laughs> crikey.
0: OMG. Every time we talk about surfing and sharks, we get a good old-fashioned crikey out of Herbert. It's lovely. Yep.
2: <sighs>
0: Mel's sitting down hey. today, Robert. I don't know if you noticed this. And, you, and Mel, do you want to tell the people why you're sitting down? Because I'm tired as piss, and Tom says that piss doesn't
1: have an emotion or a physicality about it. It's basically just a liquid that comes out of you. It doesn't. But I'm have pretty a... sure I'm tired well, as piss.
0: It doesn't have a state of energy, in my opinion. But I don't know. You two are doctors, Robert. You want to be the tiebreaker on this? I one? yeah no. I I disagree. I think you know it's it's
2: like uh, Bruce Lee. You want to flow like the water, so he's mm-hmm. flowing like the water,
1: right down. I'm flowing down. Did you watch that documentary? That I did Netflix.: I was I such a Bruce Lee fan back in the day. And I just watched the documentary of his life. It's so good. But I finally worked out how he died because it was really unclear what he died of. And you they tried to make on out.: The last show.: They tried to make out you know, what he died from was like taking an aspirin. But uh, he had a subarachnoid uh. hemorrhage. He'd had an event like a week before where he collapsed and had a terrible headache. And then he had another terrible headache and then was found dead. It's like, that was a sentinel bleed and then the big one. So what
0: Mel's doing now, he's using actual medical terminology that maybe none of you understand. Subarachnoid hemorrhage in, I don't know, normal person talk is bleeding (laughs) in the brain. Sentinel bleed, I don't know what that means. (laughs) And it's the little bleed you have
1: first that says, Hi, I'm going to explode <laughs> ah, soon. If you're a smart doctor uh, and pick me up, you have a chance to have this aneurysm, uh, this I bulging see. vessel, I clipped.
0: So he had a uh, sentinel bleed, which is like a, a little bleed in the brain, the same brain area, with like, just like waving its hand. Hey, hi, hello, I haven't killed this guy yet, but I'm gonna pretty soon here if you don't find me. Like the world's worst version of Where's Waldo.
2: (laughs) It's true. You know, the sentinel, the dictionary definition for sentinel is a soldier or guard whose job it is to stand and keep watch. Ah.
0: So the bleed is
2: keeping watch. No, the guy is up there and he's like, ah, 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 there's a little blood. Hey, 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 there's a little blood. I see something. And before you know it, on comes the entire army to decimate you. The army of blood.
0: Well, yeah. that's been a fun little how to explain medical things in layperson terms session. Today is a very exciting day in Tesla history. Today, I believe Tesla is worth $87,000 million per share. So if you haven't bought it or if you've gone <laughs> short, it's a little late for you.
2: Yeah, it's very late. I think it's over 1700 I saw in the after-hour trading. Because we had a Tesla earnings call today, just three hours ago.
1: What? Four hours ago. Yes. Is that why we're here?
0: It that's is. Why that's think. why we're here. We're not sure why. Yeah. We're We're still trying to figure out why you're still here. Because you yeah, don't seem. It's only. 1657 OMG. after hours 1657 is the current after hours price which is not as much but the 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 company the people the the buyers have been running this stock up for quite a while i don't know if you guys realize this but as as early as march 18th tesla stock was $361
1: <laughs> it is insane you might Call it perhaps a bubble. Four twenty is looking like it was a pretty good deal. If if (laughs) four twenty,
0: yeah, Yeah, Yeah. if you would have sold that thing for four twenty, there'd be a very rich company somewhere, a very rich private equity guy going, "This is." Although it wouldn't have the same value, as my guess, right? Like, because it would be private, it'd be private. It wouldn't exist. Right. It wouldn't exist. It would be sort of like, "What is SpaceX worth?" Who knows? Because it's private. No, way.
2: it's interesting because if you if you look on the Yahoo Finance page Yahoo! for Tesla, thank you. It's got this. They've got this little uh, like a thermometer that goes from green to orange to red, and it's pegged on the overvalued red side.
0: Mm, Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, everything in our country is now tied to like a color scale because I believe a lot of us have just become morons, myself included. Like there's the terrorist warning, right? That's got some different colors in it and red is bad. And now there's the COVID warning in general. And I think that's just in this country anyways, going to hang out in the red zone, orange red for a while. And now we have Tesla and stocks overvalued in color. So we, we really do love our color coding here, which is nice. I don't know what that uh, means, uh, uh. but it's just, I don't know. I found it to be interesting. So you want to give the yeah, highlights think... of the earnings call, Robert? So we can just get into this guy. For I soon. did.
2: I mailed you guys my notes. Did you get them I, all six I, didn't,
0: pages? I don't think I got your notes. I, I emailed you my notes as well a couple of minutes ago with all the questions and answers ah. and all that good, okay, good, good awesome stuff. I didn't,
1: well. I didn't take notes.
0: Really? That's so surprising. (laughs) You remember remember? what was the what was the amount of acreage for the Austin Gigafactory? Two thousand. See, I gave you a softball. How far is it from the Austin Airport? Five minutes. Nice. And what other interesting things about it did he mention that you could boardwalk
1: possibly- open to the public, not just to
0: Tesla people? Look at you. You are. Nice. You are. I have Boom. Un- under
1: nailed it. <laughs> I, have, nailed it. I, have,
0: I have underestimated your genius, Thank or you. or overestimated stable. my very own. stable. <laughs> very. very. <laughs> uh, right. That's great.
2: Yeah, so I think everybody it was nice everybody was thanking the Tesla team even though they've had a few missteps when it comes to uh to uh what do they call that uh, caring about their health or relations what do they call that um yeah not investor relations not public relations it's employee relations people relation yeah HR 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 yeah.
0: you mean they've had some HR issues <laughs> like, like get to work or we're going to fire you That kind of public. Or we're
2: not going to pay you on a day (laughs) off that we're going to give next year, but not this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but it was nice. At least, you know, at least they're saying, thanks to the team. I, you know, I keep thinking that uh, Elon should spend a little bit more time, but he's not the most, you know, humanistic, personable kind of guy, just saying like how important it is that everybody is on the same mission. Uh, Even though you're going to work to get a paycheck to pay your rent, to keep your kids fed. You know, not everybody has the same lofty goals as Elon to transition everyone to sustainable house electricity and car or transportation, etc. So I think that, uh, you know, it's almost like Elon is fighting a war to, to win and everybody else is like fighting battles, but they don't necessarily, in my opinion, get the sense that they're in this big, big war. And it's the long term that you gotta you gotta consider.
0: I don't love the war analogy part of it, but I understand what you're saying. I think too many too many war yeah. analogies kind of. Eh.
2: Well, I'm just thinking of like World War II, where everybody rolled up their sleeves and you know started growing their own vegetables in their backyard, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 40. Oh, you mean so- the
1: generation that left home to go and fight against them? Um,
2: Yeah, that stuff. Fascism. <laughs> oh no!
0: <laughs> is, he, is he okay? Are you okay, bud? He's turning a lot redder. What's, ha- <laughs> what's happening over there, big fella? Uh, um, I think it was the <clears throat> Diet Pepsi. Is this? Yeah. Are you having a, a sentinel event at the moment that we need to be aware of?
1: I've got a sentinel piece of cracker
0: caught in the back of my throat.
1: <clears> throat> It's going to be followed by a giant cracker getting caught in my throat, I think that's what that <laughs> meant. I was going to say, uh, the generation that went away to war to, um, to die in the trenches and to make sure that liberty was spread throughout the world and the generation that can't keep masks on is our generation. Something like that, I was yes. going to say. Ma- yeah, masks
0: hurt my nose. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know, you know this, it's kind could save int- your life and reduce the curve, but uh, I don't want to.
2: Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, as a sideline, I went and got my hair cut the day before the, the barber shops had to close down. And I was talking with my barber. And, uh, you know, we were talking. She says, yeah. She says, you know, it's a little worse on you. And I said, what's a little worse on me? And she's standing up cutting my hair and stuff. And she says, well, I get to look behind everybody's ears to see what it looks like behind their ears. Like, do they actually wear a mask? And how often do they wear a mask? And what the marks are? She says, and you have a lot of marks behind your ears.
1: So Wow. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Did you see that little study? This is just an aside because you can't talk for more than five minutes and getting back to COVID, that there were two
0: uh, (laughs) people cutting
1: hair who both were positive, excreting virus, they cut the hair of 135 people or something like that. Yeah. They wore masks. Nobody got infected. What? Yeah. And it was sort of yeah. a, it's, a, it's anecdotal. It's not randomized or anything like that, but it's pretty good evidence, more evidence, in addition to the actual good evidence that
0: wearing masks works really well to reduce transmission. Here's my current take on the whole mask situation. The mask science... Is starting to take on the air of uh, vaccination science and climate change (laughs) science. Like, there's enough data, in my opinion, that says you should be wearing a mask and you should believe that it's effective. Now... The, the the other side of that, the no data, we'll call it, mostly comes out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue until very, very recently.
1: Oh. Yeah, It's upsetting. Well, it's... this started because the WHO said you don't have to worry about a mask, and they did that because they thought that everybody who was spreading it was symptomatic cough, fever. And, but it was soon afterwards, weeks afterwards, that they got
0: the reports, hang on, asymptomatic carriage occurs. So, masks, right, but that's not confusion. That's but not that was the, in February. That's not the real reason. The real reason is the real reason is that they knew if they said everybody needs to wear a mask, there'd be no mask for doctors like yourselves, nurses like yourselves, like the people that you work that's with every day. There just wouldn't have been. There were at the very beginning of this, you know it as well as I do, people were putting their single N95 mask in a paper bag at the end of their shift and taping it to a wall because they knew they had to wear it again the next time they came in. It's yeah, I'm like, still doing that. <laughs> right. So like yeah, that's, no. <laughs> wh- that's the why. But the problem yeah. is no one has the balls to just come out and say it. Just say it. We, <sighs> we lied to you because we knew that you animals <laughs> were going to take them all. <laughs> like you took all the toilet paper, even though no one ever said to you, toilet paper is going to save your life. You took it all. All of it. It's gone. None of it. It was gone. I haven't used any in yeah. months. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's That <laughs> may be why you're so tired. You might actually be diseased beyond recognition at this point. You think I have
1: some fecal Uh-oh. oral disease that's causing <laughs> me to have fatigue? Is that what you're saying? I don't even
0: <laughs> want you to use that those two words together on this show in any way, shape, or form. I'm not going to lie. I'm wow, basically <laughs> covered in stool as we speak. <laughs> yeah.
1: If so if good. if
2: you haven't used toilet paper in over a month, Mel, maybe you are giga gigapated.
0: And on that
1: note, this uh, this show is... Maybe I have a bidet and I'm very clean. You didn't ask me that, did you? Well, you said
0: you were covered in stool. So, I mean, you kind of alluded to the fact that that wasn't the case. I'm just going to throw that out there. My bidet has been acting up and it's been doing uh, (laughs) a lot of terrible. This is a terrible show. The sponsor of this show, however, is Mel's right hand. <laughs> oh, dear. Mel, I don't know where Mel's- we went off track here could We, get we back were just there. talking hopefully someone We were talking will, about Elon Hopefully someone will edit the hell out of that Because that was just <laughs> yeah. unnecessary In fact <laughs> Edit
1: You know that that's can- the best part of the show It's, it's done now yeah. The rest is downhill <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the earnings score. Come on I know somebody I was going to say
2: We we got like you know about a minute into the entire call and uh, and then sidetracked and that was partly my fault so I'll take it on but they they revealed uh, in the paper that came out just after the close of the market that they were now profitable for four consecutive quarters one full year
0: of profitability which evidently qualifies them for the S and P five hundred that's right. Which means that what? they can now be owned by institutional investors who are required by their bylaws to only own index-type funds. So right. my guess is if they do get listed, uh, probably going to see a little bump there. My guess is you're going to see a pretty good bump tomorrow, although it's hard to know because people are always like buy on the thought and sell on the news or whatever. So it could go the other way. They did earn $0.50 cents, uh a share versus the dollar they were expected to lose per share using generally accepted accounting (laughs) principles, whatever those mean, I'm sure it's very, very important, but they talked about the gap, uh, the gap shares, uh, gap earnings per share.
2: Well, later in the, in the, um, presentation when the institutional investors were asking questions, so going out of order, uh, one of them had said to Elon, you know, I you could have raised the price of the cars or kept the price the same instead you dropped the price of the car this affected your profit you've said that you want to just uh, drive everyone to electric vehicles and this is all a conflict you know Elon tell us where are you at and where are you going this was the guy from Bernstein Tony Saka- Sakanagi mm-hmm. and and Elon said yeah you know making a one percent profit—that's okay. We're not looking to make much profit, but what we're trying to do is not go bankrupt, and we want to uh, get everybody driving in an electric vehicle. And actually, dovetailing on that, he said further that one of the things that bugs bugs me the most was his words, are that our cars are not affordable enough, and I don't think, and I think Elon knows this. He obviously knows it from what he then said, is that Teslas will never be affordable for everybody until they get full self-driving and they can be an autonomous fleet of cars. So instead of driving from, I don't know, from one place to the other and paying 10 bucks to Uber, you'll pay four bucks to Tesla. So it makes it more affordable and you'll be in an electric vehicle. And for those of us who bought a car with full autopilot, we will be able to bank a few bucks on that process.
1: That's right, Tom. Did you hear that? One day, one day, (laughs) one day, when full self-driving occurs, one day, day. I won't look like an idiot for having bought it three times. Right. Yeah, one day you won't. (laughs) No,
0: that's true. The other thing I'd like to point out to both of you gentlemen, and and I know this is going to sound terrible, anti-Elon. It's not meant to. It's just meant to illuminate a particular piece of this information Elon sits there and they say well we want you to make the cars worth more money and yes we're trying not to go bankrupt while he is personally now worth about 74 billion (laughs) dollars so he could do a little something about that by not taking all of the money all of the stock putting it back in a Tesla making it cheaper yes Robert he has
2: said now, because he's now qualified for another tranche, and they said that their capital expenses this quarter were quite a bit higher than they would have. I don't know. I, I'm not going to put a judgment on it, but they made it sound like our capital expenses this quarter are considerably higher because of uh, the benefits, meaning the you know big chunk of shares that they have to give Elon as part of one of his tranches. For the stock being worth more than a $1,000. Or no, I'm trying to remember. It was the valuation of the company. And true. But then Elon has said, and recently, multiple times, that this money is not, you know, he's not drawing a salary. It's stock. And he's using it to further men and women
0: going to Mars. And dogs maybe as well. We'll see. Which is not, again awesome, cool, we should go to Mars, I guess, we've had that conversation, let's not have it again, but it's not the mission of Tesla, right, so he's using the mission of Tesla to pay to send some people to Mars, that's counterintuitive, In my personal, again, my personal opinion, he can get rich, that's cool, but let's just make sure we're all kind of Eyes wide open as it pertains to this, and maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe uh, you know someone can school me on what it costs to be a company, but how much more profitable would Tesla have been had they not had to buy those shares for him, or whatever it is, or dilute their value, or, or any of those other things? And then, how much quicker could they have either a invested in a fifth factory, a sixth factory, whatever that is, to to forward their thing? and or reduce the price of the car so they're more affordable for the average Joe.
1: I don't think
0: that you're going to find anybody
1: on the board or any investor that's going to say, boy, $1,700 a share? Could have been $1,750. You really screwed up here, Elon. I'm pretty sure right now that everybody's very happy with the uh, the situation for sure, you know, I we, think we they talked are. about this a couple of years ago when he had this vesting protocol thing. It, we were like, "Well, it's I guess anything's possible, but this looks insane to you know to get a valuation that high to grow it that much." He did it.
0: Uh huh. He did it. He did. And yeah. so he's getting his piece of the doing yeah. the impossible, and they're profitable and all that's good. But again, like, let me ask you this: I mean, how many cars? could Elon buy <laughs> with 74 billion dollars <laughs> a lot <laughs> a lot right and if he well, bought 74 billion dollars like, worth of Teslas with his 74 billion dollars worth of money from Tesla Tesla would be worth 900 billion dollars and he would be worth another 150 trillion dollars or whatever it is you know what i'm saying like it's it's kind yeah. of you could look at well it that the stock way.
1: market and all this stuff it's so stupid because you know you know, one day you you're worth 50 billion and then the next day you're 75 billion and nothing's really changed it's just all it's yeah. all a bit of a game so but let's go I with, hope go ahead i hope share. that uh, like gates and other people that if at the end of his career doing this stuff which is a game it's just a shell game and he does have multiple billions of dollars and he's achieved all of these things that he will also in addition to all the other things that he's done like accelerating renewable energy and getting us Mm -hmm. to mars he just gives it all away yeah he just does a bill gates and like yeah let's set up a foundation and let's cure the world of you know whatever's next
0: i guess it's going to cost a fair amount of billions of dollars to set up a space on mars so i feel like that's kind of where most of it's going to go Um, I mean, and, you know, like, Jeff Bezos is worth $185 billion, so, again, I don't want to necessarily just call Elon out. Gates is worth one hundred and thirteen, billion, and, you know, Elon is, he's fifth. He's fifth on the list.
1: Gates has given it away, and then he's, like, richer at the end of the week than when he started. Yeah, (laughs) well, I mean,
0: that's, I don't know if you've ever heard the old saying, the rich get richer, but it's true.
1: The rich get richer, (laughs) the poor get the picture. Which band? Which band? You'll never get, get it. i the Oil. Get the
0: picture. Oh, Midnight Oil. That's mid-note-o. great. Oil. Thanks for yeah, giving me do. any time at all to try to figure it out. But let's get back to the earnings call. So the first ten minutes of the earnings call were Elon talking about the announcement of the newest Giga factory, and if you listen to the show before what? the show, the pre-show before the pre-show, as it were, you will know that that factory is in the great state of Texas, no, Tosla, n- Oklahoma. no, the great state of Texas, Austin, Texas, <laughs> to be an example. And as we know, the hotbed of environmentalism. And really,
1: <laughs>
0: it's going to be spectacular. Like Austin, I'm sure is a wonderful city. I've heard fabulous it things about wonderful. it. It is wonderful. 2,000 acres. It's going to be the biggest gigafactory. Now, they're all giga, yeah. biggest gigafactories, and I believe he even maybe even used the M word for this particular one, calling it a mega factory. But I, or I a could, painter. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, maybe giga's is bigger <laughs> than mega. I have no idea. But basically, close to the river, Colorado River, mm, I, that gave me a little bit of pause. I believe he called it Environmental Wonderland with hiking trails and a boardwalk open to the public. It sounds yes. just absolutely a, wonderful.
1: A great place to drop your effluent.
0: <laughs> yes, and a nice, a nice place to drop your effluent, right in the river, go out to the sea. Uh, and, and they're going to use this, and I thought this was oh relatively interesting. This Gigafactory is earmarked to make uh, Ys and 3s for the eastern part of the United States and Cybertruck... For all. Cybertruck for all. And you get a Cybertruck. And you get a Cybertruck. And then the Fremont factory is going to remain a bespoke. Oh, but wait. Wait. Oh, please, go. Wait. Texas also will be the
2: home of the semi.
0: Oh, and the semi. Yes, thank you. Thank you for adding that. Although, was that 100% clear? I don't know if that was. That's what he said. So they're doing
1: semi cyber. Three and Y for the East Coast. That is going to have to be a fairly, let's call it, effing huge factory. Bigger
0: bigger than Germany, bigger than China, bigger than Nevada. If
1: the factory is bigger than
0: Germany, that is a (laughs) big factory. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) Bigger than the German factory, I apologize. Bigger than the Chinese factory. (laughs) Bigger than the Fremont factory, which is a little teeny-weeny factory. And... Bigger than the Nevada uh, gigafactory in in whatever whatever metric they're using current form the largest form it could be I don't have any idea anymore about like if the gigafactory in Nevada is going to be done going to be is is it even planning on being any bigger doesn't really matter at this point but I will tell you again so Y and three in Austin for the Eastern U S Cybertruck for all of the U S semi truck for all of the U S they also mentioned that all the first semi trucks mostly will be used by them. From Nevada to Fremont to move the the sleds and such back and forth so that's pretty interesting although they said they also said later in the call that certain uh, high or certain semi-truck customers that have been with them from the very beginning will also get a few you know at the at the at the jump as it were and then Fremont will become the bespoke factory for the X and S's which will continue to be made there and there was some news about Potential redesign of X and S's, but we don't have that story, and we'll talk about it next time. So tune in for that. Uh, and then the three and the Y for Western part of North America, the Western part of North America, not just the U.S. Um, and then the old roadster situation.
1: Yeah. Yes. So that suggests. Yes. Uh, a lot of production. And uh, they talked a little bit about batteries. You know, we've been thinking they're going to make their own batteries. They're going to be their own battery maker. Yes, they're going to do that. But they're like, "Uh, we need to have Panasonic batteries. Uh, We need to have uh, Catlin batteries. We need our own batteries. We need all the batteries. And then he started talking about... Now, most of these uh, batteries are going to be the nickel version. Mm -hmm. And so if you happen to have a nickel mine... Could mm-hmm. you crank it up? <laughs> as long we as you need do it, a
0: lot of nickel. As long as you do it environmentally, safety, safely, and and he also said, ec-
2: and he said, economically, because of course Elon doesn't pay a lot extra for anything. The, Tesla cuts everything to the bone when they're dealing with suppliers. But he did say that suppliers in China have been very keen to work with them, and it sounds like the Chinese cars are significantly different than the American cars, uh, the Model 3s are, because they're using all these local parts manufacturers and they're going to use this non-nickel battery, the iron phosphate battery in China exclusively, and that it's going to be able to probably allow them to crank out so many more cars in China than maybe we even produce here
1: in the United States. Yeah, that was really fascinating that they're going to use iron phosphate batteries in China because they've got it to the point where although they're less energy dense Um, Through other savings, through the motors and stuff, they can still have basically a 300 mile range using this less energy dense battery, which will then free them up to have the nickel, which they really need for the higher capacity batteries for the bigger things like the semi and the Cybertruck. So that was very interesting. And we're going to hear more about this on battery day, which is on September 25th, I believe. But that is uh, kind of interesting. A cheaper, less energy dense, because we've got our other stuff down so much you can do 300 miles. That's not what I wanted to hear, though. I wanted to hear that we're going to get this battery that gets 500 miles in the Model 3. But Maybe we will, but in China,
0: they're using the cheap stuff because they can. they can. I think it's, it's interesting. They're building this giant factory, and obviously the Nevada factory, to a certain extent, supports the Fremont factory, but there are some limitations to Fremont just based on its sheer size in terms of overall growth. So what part... When where are they cutting the U.S. in half? Because like, you would imagine, at least I would imagine, that more threes and whys are sold in Western North America than in Eastern North America overall and in general. And so, will they slowly have to move that around? Like, because it, it will limit their ability to make enough threes and whys potentially for a big for a bigger, not necessarily a bigger market, but more more sales to the West. Which is traditionally, I believe, how they're how it's been going. Like you, you can't throw a swing a dead cat in California without seeing a Tesla, and you go to some places. Holy mackerel! I went to Hancock Park recently. Every other driveway had a Tesla in it. Literally, it was insanity. It was awesome.
2: Yeah. So I was going to say that we have to remember that the the forum that we just listened to for two for an hour plus is a earnings call. And so they're saying things that make sense to analysts and people who trade stocks. So, of course, it makes sense to build cars on the West Coast and distribute them on the Western side and the Texas for the Eastern side. But you know as well as I do, if for some reason there's a surge in demand of cars on the West, then Texas will send cars to the West. And, you know, like they, they say lots of things that sound good, but when it comes to the actual production, we know that a lot of stuff changes. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying we can't take everything with, you know, absolute
0: whatever. Fair enough. When I think
1: it's, it's actually, it's, it's really good business to have these multiple areas where you can create cars. As we're seeing right now, like uh, China had the coronavirus shut down, but America was mm-hmm. still cranking out cars. Then America's coronavirus everywhere. China's dealt with it. And their earnings are only positive because China was producing a whole bunch of cars. So it, it's actually really good for their business to have these decentralized, we make cars in multiple different parts of the world, as long as you're getting the parts and the other stuff you need to build those cars from a different part of the world. And that's what they were started to sort of talk about. Well, for the Chinese stuff, it's mostly sourced in China. And uh, in these other parts of the world, it'll start to be mostly sourced from Europe for the... Berlin factory and hopefully for the US for the Austin factory. That's that's uh some redundancy there. I like that. Makes me happy.
0: Yeah, but they even dove in a little bit deeper than that, talking about like the internal sourcing versus the external sourcing, like Fremont, because there isn't a big supplier infrastructure around it, they've made a lot of that stuff inside that factory, right? So the Fremont factory is not only making the cars themselves, but they're making all the little mini components or a lot of the mini components for the part in China. That's what they're saying. Like there, there's so many suppliers around that factory that they're able to source them locally. And they're gaining, they said like five to 10% more local sourcing for the model threes that they're bringing out of, out of China and towards a goal or what they feel like at the end of this year will be like 80% locally sourced, which is pretty, Pretty amazing. I guess one question I have for you, as it, you guys, as it pertains to the Austin Gigafactory, it is today currently July twenty second. When does the first car come out of Austin? Monday. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! Very that is that well, is
1: quite a the juggernaut. They did say something about they didn't say the no, the date, but they did talk about the fact that they have gotten better. They can make these factories better and faster every time because they've both simplified the process and just gotten better at the process. So I can't imagine that you can do a factory faster than China. But that's what they were suggesting, that Berlin will be faster than China and Austin will be faster than Berlin. But I don't see it because you know China is pretty ramped when it comes to this stuff. But maybe I would say in a year and a half, they potentially... That's Could my Could have guess. one in Austin.
0: My guess is December of 2021. By December of 2021, they'll roll some cars out of Austin.
2: I think that's a very good, uh, a good timeline. I have a question, though. What is it called? Is it Giga Texas or Giga Austin?
0: I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: to Tegostin. <laughs> Tegostin. Giga Tegastan. Uh You have heard it here first. Let me just get that just got the dot com. Thank you. Tegastan.
0: That's great. Can't wait to see your first drone footage of Tegastan. Tegastan.
2: I sent you guys a a link to a Google map view of where the factory will be and it's it's beautifully situated. It's just across the street from the Airport, The Austin Bergstrom International Airport and the Colorado River does indeed front like probably I don't know 40% of the property, which is uh, pretty exciting I uh, I wonder if you can go they'll turn it into like a uh, a bit of a theme park so you can go to Tesla ride a boat ride a bike go in a people mover through the factory. The real
0: question I mean, is, how it. can you buy, how can anybody buy 2,000 riverfront acres on the Colorado River, five minutes from an international airport? Like, who owned that land?
1: Uh, somebody who's now generationally wealthy. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I remember reading about it. There was a guy, I think it was a guy who owned it. And we covered this when we were talking about speculation of where the factory would be some time ago. And, um, yeah, I think it was just a guy and I don't even think they use the land for anything in particular. It's not that developed. Um, there is a highway that runs right down the middle of it. So they're going to have to do some tunnels or something to get from one side to the other. But
1: Yeah, it looks like a nice area.
0: Hyperloop from the the new Gigafactory to the airport. Hello. Oh, you know that's going to happen.
1: That's absolutely. And Austin's such a great city. I mean, it's Texas has this, uh, it's changing, but it's sort of uh, very uh, conservative, uh, very Republican. But Austin is like a very progressive city within the state. And the barbecue is so good. Let's be very clear. I went to Austin a couple of years ago to speak, and I'm not a... Foodie, but I had some food there, and I'm like, "Oh my word! Did you put baby kittens and stuff in this? Because this is delicious." What? How I do know you? How do you?
0: How do you reference baby kittens as being I don't know, delicious? What is like, wrong with you?
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> they're so cute and cuddly, they probably taste delicious. But oh, there's something in there that's magic.
0: Terrible. Magic. That's a terrible comment, baby kittens being delicious. Anyway, Super they're going to invest terrible. $1 billion and make a factory between 4 and 5 million square feet with about 5,000 workers. So that's, uh, you know, that's not nothing to, to spit about. That's pretty darn exciting. What are the what are
1: the tax breaks they got for that puppy?
0: They got all of them. They're not going to pay taxes forever. They're not going to pay taxes
1: know. until twenty mm-hmm. yeah, twenty no, eight. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I don't know what the deal was. And then they went on to talk about solar a little bit. What's their? They have a lowest cost guarantee now in solar, which I think is pretty cool. So if you buy Tesla solar, they guarantee it to be the cheapest you can find.
1: Yeah, it's, it, at the low end. So they've got um, small. So they do it in sort of a modular fashion. You can buy mm-hmm. a small one, medium, mm-hmm. large, now extra large, but on the low end, um, ridiculously cheap. Like, like they're
0: getting close to a dollar a
1: watt. One forty
0: nine per watt what? is where they're at. One forty
1: nine? That is unbelievable. Because if you look at solar prices in the last decade, that's that's less than like a twentieth of what it was ten years ago. That is unbelievable.
2: But I that's not
1: for the roof. Not Not for the roof. No, it's it's for panels. Mm -hmm. Right for standard. I just got new. I just got new panels and stuff on here, and I paid four and a half cents per watt. I'm not feeling ripped off because I know I got the best panels and all that stuff. But Tesla is undercutting the market ridiculously. I I hope they can make a profit on this, but it's unbelievable.
0: I mean, they you know they made some comments in the thing. People asked some questions like. Is Tesla Energy being overlooked by investors as part of... Because Tesla Energy is part of Tesla, and they've always said it should be as big. And one thing that was a little bit enlightening is that the Elon said the energy sector in general is much, much bigger than the automotive transportation sector, and so... If you think about it in that, those terms, like if the whole company is being valued on the cars and not being at all valued on the energy, then there's still some, there's still some money to be made on that table. Elon could pass Bezos in, in a week. Anywho, let's not get back into that. Then he talked about the Model S at 402 miles of range, Melvis, LA to San Francisco, nonstop, with miles left over at... Highway speeds. Thank you very much. Yeah,
1: and that's uh, yeah. People have asked me like, "Well, you're always talking about you just want the long longest range car. Da, 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 what Y versus S?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but no." No. So uh, I love that. I just hope that there's some trickle down economics, and that will come to the Y. That'll come to the three. That 400 will seem wimpy at some point. The reason is not necessarily because. Um, most people are going to do a 400-mile trip in a day. But when you think about the network and uh, the sort of the Uber competitor, you can rank, you can, uh, you know, do a lot of miles in a day if you're driving people around uh, in the network. So uh, I know I talked to, this is a year ago, I talked to a an Uber driver who was driving a Bolt. Bolt got 240 miles at the time. He's like, the only problem with this is it's super cheap and I really like it but I tr- I drive like five or 600 miles in a big shift on a day. And that means I have to go home and charge it up and it doesn't charge fast enough. So um, a long range battery in a robo car might be something closer to five or 600 miles. Might be the sweet spot. But the, 300 but, might not be enough.
0: But the balance is weird, right? Because you say on one hand, he talks about, I want to make it cheaper. I want to make it cheaper. I want to make a cheaper car. I want to make a cheaper car for more people to be able to afford it. And then yet, they're limiting, they hold on, hold on, Robert, I hear you. I, I see you. But they're limiting, they've gotten rid of the standard range, right? They've, they're limiting their packs. They're trying to make a single pack for all the cars and, and 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 do it that way, make it, make the production of it easier because that for them is the big deal. Like being a better manufacturer means they're better and closer to their goal and all that other stuff. And so, like, it, they, those two things aren't necessarily in sync at the moment. He did talk about potentially making a smaller, more compact car at some point or whatever. But that's, you know, when you talk about more miles and cheaper, like, they, they, they diverge from one another considerably, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, but I don't think Elon is thinking the way you and most of us are thinking. I, my impression is that Elon is already, like, four moves ahead Making electric cars cheaper doesn't mean you buy our electric car and drive it, and we're going to sell it to you for five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars less. He's thinking you're not owning a car, mm-hmm. and your expense for getting around just as much as you would with a car that incl- that you have to pay insurance and taxes and licensing fees. Your cost is going to be less just to get around like you did before, and you're just going to be using robo taxi all the time. That's what he's thinking.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's my impression. When he doesn't have time on these early calls to sort of go into the philosophy of that, but that's exactly how I feel. Like the whole concept of owning a car is stupid. It's a ridiculous expense. Here's how I can make people get uh, drive around uh, electrically in cars. You don't own it. We own it. We've got the price down on a volume basis with big batteries, driving 600 miles a day. So much lower than you can buy a twenty thousand, fifteen thousand dollar car. It's, you know. It's not cutting Uber by half, but it's
0: cutting Uber by tenfold in terms of the price. So that's but, right. where I think they're going. But it's, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's super interesting. And, and, I, and I, you know, we've talked about this f- a lot, but I, I just don't... It, if that becomes the business, then we go back to that original question that we had when he talked about this initially. It's like, why would they sell any of us a car? Right, and that's exactly what he said.
2: The cars will be worth... Like a thousand or a hundred thousand fold their value. I didn't write the actual quote down, but he made it sound like the cars would be so valuable you couldn't even afford it.
1: Then, so yeah. So, why, point, then then why
0: have a product roadmap at all at this point? Well,
1: I don't know So how he far can have a profitable company. Goes, but at some point you won't be able to. We've talked. You know, we've talked about it a lot, but let's say it again. You won't be able to buy one. There will be no economic reason for them to sell them when they can make $300,000 off putting it on their own network. So that's why, in terms of uh, Tesla market valuation, Tesla's market valuation might be $10 trillion if they pull that off. And in a tweet exchange with Tim Dodd of the
2: the everyday astronaut, because Elon shows a picture of the um, station under Las Vegas, where the Boring Company is finishing up its transportation system. Mm -hmm. I threw it into the show notes. It's under Hyperloop and Boring Company. It's pretty impressive looking, but the exchange goes back and forth like, will there ever be vehicles with higher capacity in the Boring Tunnels based on this picture that is seen and only shows what looks like Model 3s or Model Ys? And Elon's reply was, individualized mass transit is the future. So that's a, a good look into Elon's mindset. People aren't going to be buying Teslas. I know that that's a ways off because we have to get to the point where you can have a fully autonomous car driving all across the globe, which ain't going to happen anytime in the near future, even if they finish their their uh, software, whatever it's called,
0: software- stack. How far how far yeah. after though does that happen, right? Like that's the question, right? Because they've got a product roadmap. It includes the Cybertruck. They Elon said like he can almost drive his car, right, with the beta software that he's using from his house to the office with no interventions a lot of the time, right? And so, and he's like, it's way better than anybody can even imagine it being. And they talked about it 4D and all this other stuff, right? If they're really that close, then this this transformation almost it happens instantaneously in some ways, right? So then, like, then what? Like, they don't they don't have any sales offices anymore. They don't do any like they just stop selling cars in your opinion. So then, why make a cyber truck? Why well, make a roadster?
1: Because I think it's five years out, you know, as you know, it's some it's some point that's traditional, sell the car to people, but it will happen, I think, remarkably quickly. At the point where they truly have level four, level five autonomy, and it's significantly better than the person, and the legislatures get on board, it will happen. It'll be kind of like COVID life pre and post covid you we see it in china and docs and epidemiologists are like well that's weird and then you see it in other countries and then it's everywhere i feel like it's going to be like that once all of those things occur the world will change incredibly rapidly and we'll look back going like we should have seen that coming but uh, i don't it's not this year it's not next year but once that happens the idea of owning a car will become ridiculous very quickly, or we'll say, "Wow, Elon's been
2: saying that for five years, right. ten years." Or he's and he wrong. said it's going to be—you be- know—they've
1: been going to do this drive across the um, the country autonomously for like three years. But I do, I do believe that uh, what he was saying about AI is that it tends to be uh, again like COVID, linear and then doubling, and then doubling. But once you hit that exponential part of the curve, the world changes. So it's just a question of when they get to that AI exponential part of the curve, the new stack, the new software, the new learning. It will come on us so fast, we won't even recognize it. We're like, it's five years away, five years away. But boom, it'll just happen so fast. Yeah, he said it's the biggest
2: account value increase in history. Mm -hmm. So... Like, the the value of your car, the value of your stock, it'll just change so dramatically. And he made it sound like they are, like, so far ahead of
0: anyone else, which I keep hearing. They clearly are, though. They clearly are in every way, shape, or form, right? They clearly are with full self-driving, right? I don't care what anybody says. They're... They're getting millions of real world miles. They're not trapped in a small town in Arizona or like driving around San Francisco, right? They're getting real world miles all over the place all the time, learning, learning, learning. Maybe it's going to take longer than we want it to take. Whatever on that, you know, that's happening. There's nobody's uh, building gigantic factories. Like, has anybody else announced like gigantic car factories being built? If anybody is like, starting a car company, what are they doing? They're looking for a factory that's already somewhere that they can kind of like rehabilitate and reopen. Right. Elon's like, "Mm, that's really not going to work for us. We're going to try to buy a forest in Germany or a river in, in, and in in Austin. And here's one question and, and forgive my, like, either I don't remember where's the third new factory that they were talking about in this call.
2: Yeah. So that's what I was putting down. I got Giga Nevada, Giga Shanghai, Giga Berlin, Giga Austin. He mm-hmm.
0: kept saying a third, like, and the third, the third one that isn't built yet. The third one. where, Like,
2: where is that? I think it's the second factory. I thought it was the second factory in Shanghai mm. that they're building alongside the Model 3 line. They're going to build a second factory in Shanghai that will be Model Y. And it's bigger, larger than the factory that they've already built. And I believe a good deal of it has already been constructed.
0: And why not just expand the size of the, the factory there, like the modularity of the factory that they already have? I guess maybe they don't need Because to. it's TFB. It's too effing big?
2: Yeah, it's already too effing big. I mean, like, the thing is, like, you could, you could drive semi-trailers around inside if there was no equipment Like in a racetrack, it's so big. So, you know,
0: like just build a whole nother one for Model 3, uh, Model Y. That makes sense. But again, like that's why they're so far ahead because no one's coming close. No one is doing any of this. I
1: uh,
0: want to say something about that. Um, Please. You know, internal memos from
1: other companies have said Tesla is three to five years ahead in terms of autonomy because of all the things you said, Tom. But I would suggest because of what you're saying and because of what we're seeing and because of, exponential curves in ai the other car companies could be infinitely behind tesla because if again they're far enough ahead on the curve to pull off truly level 4 level 5 autonomous driving nobody will be able to catch up so it's not just um they're 3 to 5 years ahead if tesla is far enough ahead, they will become so much better at this. They will have so many more cars on the road. They'll have so many gigafactories. It will almost be impossible for anybody to catch up because they just nailed it. Now, there might be at some point in the future an ability to catch up, but they could be far enough ahead on that curve to reach the exponential portion, and everybody else like, well,
0: that business is gone yeah, I mean, they could literally be in, in that particular instance. So let's let's hypotheticalize this, and we never do this on this show. Five years from now, they nail robo taxi, and every car that they make is giving them a profit of a hundred thousand dollars. Right? Let's just use that as a number, which is just exponentially more. That gives them the capital to basically do whatever mm-hmm. the hell they want, whenever they right. want, however they want, wherever they want. Right? And then they're just like, okay we build another factory we do another factory and then on top of that no one now more and more of these robo cars are on the road every year 100 million 50 million whatever that number is and and no one's buying cars from anybody else so everybody else goes out of business it doesn't even matter if they're they can catch up cuz like they if they're 5 years behind they're 5 years they got 5 years to be over at that point right there's there's five years of robo-taxi, five years of people not needing to buy cars anymore, five years, and all of those cars they don't need to buy are everybody else's cars, but they're in Teslas, they're in Teslas, they're in Teslas, they're in Teslas, and, and slowly there are no other cars to buy. It's actually, it's not necessarily a good thing. No, I think it's not a good thing at all, but I think that's the... The, that's kind of like almost an inevitable path in some ways that we seem to be on if, if in fact that vision is true.
1: If, that, if it's true, if uh, we're thinking about this the right way, it is, it's a little scary, but I'll say this. Um, the best form of government, most efficient form of government, is a benign dictator. So if you have a great king, a good and honest king or queen that has absolute power... That is by far the best form of government, and you can get a lot of things done, and you can help the people, and it's all good. The problem is, who comes next if you then now have a bad king, the daughter of the son of the king that takes over his bed? So in the short term, if Elon is actually a good person, if he really wants to change the planet, if he wants to do all these things, in the short term, it's a very efficient way to get there, to say, like, it turns out I'm not only just the richest man in the world, I'm just so much more powerful than any country. Um, I got this, we're going to fix the planet and we're going to make it renewable. But if he something happened to him, if this incredibly powerful company that was then taken over by people, like it's all about profit, baby, we don't care about anything else, it could be very bad. So I don't like the idea that Tesla could become this ridiculously powerful monopoly if one, Elon, is not uh, benign, or if he goes away, it's a little bit frightening. Are you saying Cyberdyne? Cyberdyne systems. Yes. What I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was no, saying in the earnings call he's a little concerned because he's worried that one of the cars is gonna become sentient and take over the whole thing itself he said that just one no, of the cars but that's no. what he was I've like, telling you about ai is really scary and we're on the part of the curve where ai is getting so smart and the car's gonna be able to drive itself i'm really worried that one day the car's gonna take over the company he didn't say that but that's what he was suggesting
0: yeah i mean he's yeah. definitely in the in that he, he definitely seemed like he was trying to like continue to raise alarm bells Look, like, i'm uh, I'm telling you, I mean, I'm still working on this too, but we should get in control of AI. And he called the people working on it stupid, which I thought was pretty interesting. He's like, they're stupid because they think they're smart. They think they'll always be smarter than the computers they're designing. And that's what makes them stupid because they can't think, they can't even conceive of a machine being smarter than them, which I think is a really interesting way of thinking about it. Why doesn't Elon open his own nickel mine. It's a kind of a question with all of his money. They've been
1: financially constrained, but again, in in this world that we've just created, it won't be too long till Elon has all of the money (laughs) and he'll be able to open a mine.
2: It does sort of feel like playing Monopoly when I was a kid with my family. And then, you know, every so often there's a complete runaway where one person ends up with like two entire strips of property on two sides of the board and it's it. You're done. Yeah. You know, there's always this tipping point. And that's what I think that we're describing. You know, he said that of all the other automobile manufacturers, on average, uh, their sales have been down 30 percent and Tesla's not. They, one of the analysts asked him, how uh, How do you see, you know, sales of cars going forward since you're going to make all these cars? It seems like you're going gangbusters, but cars aren't selling that well. And he's like, no, ours are. We're just construction constrained. Yeah. Yeah. So-
1: there, there was an analyst that was asked. Uh, they had they pegged Tesla's. Uh, I can't remember medium term price at ten thousand a share, and this they were saying like this is outrageous. What are you talking about? It's like, yeah, if uh, things fall into place, this could be conservative, because again, <laughs> of these, if all of these things fall apart, and Elon used to say uh, said in the past, um, how many gigafactories would you need to create enough batteries and renewable energy? to basically run the whole planet 100% renewable. And he said, 100. Uh, Guess what? They're on the way because although they've only got three or four or five right now, again, with this cascading event, you could see like, well, Tesla's doing 10 this year, 20 next year. 30 the next year is like, oh my God, they're doing all one hundred themselves.
0: Yeah, five percent. Yeah. Right? They're at five they'll be at five percent when Austin and China and Germany are finished. They'll be at five percent of the hundred. And like and they said that how long has he been talking about? A couple of years now? Like he answered that question like three or four years ago. And he's like, All right, well, we're at five percent capacity. Uh anyone? <laughs> anyone like to Anybody? join us? Anyone? Anyone? Ford? Anybody else making batteries? And he, you know, he and walks he, into LG, right? And he's like, how many batteries can you guys make? Perfect, we'll take them. And then he goes over to Panasonic and he's like, how many batteries can you guys make? And then he's like, perfect, we'll take them. And, and so at that point, who else can even get batteries? Exactly. Bob Lutz,
1: yeah. the former president of GM... Who has been like down on Tesla and been just like Tesla's stupid, uh, Elon's stupid? I uh, guess who's also changing his uh, view of the world? Bobble. It's like, um, I'm thinking actually Tesla might have a chance of surviving. <laughs> surviving. Ah, ah, <laughs> like, oh, oh. A chance, a <laughs> I think chance. that's uh, I think that's uh GM speak for we're in serious trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think. And they also mentioned when it came
2: to building factories, they can build them for less money and in less time because of what they're learning. And they're even going so far as to redesigning and modifying the design of the cars to make the factory produce them for less money and more quickly. And and, and so, go ahead. I was going to say, it might be, we might really be sticking our feet in our mouth if tesla can get to the point of as soon as the concrete is laid on the factory floor that they could be up and running within a month
0: the only reason i I think tesla austin is 18 months to be clear is because it's in the u.s mm -hmm. right And we have regulations and permits and like, you can't even, you can't even get your solar panels freaking turned on. And maybe that's going to be easier in Texas. And maybe at the end of the day, that's why they chose Texas. But like, let's be clear. It's not because I don't believe the American worker can build a Tesla factory fast. (laughs) Has absolutely nothing to do with that. Has to do clearly with like, uh, well you guys are, there's going to be someone, I guarantee it, that's going to pop their head up and go, how close are you to the Colorado river? What are you doing to the Colorado river? What is the environmental impact report on the Colorado river and 5,000 additional people moving into, to Austin? Uh, excuse me like that. and, And maybe that is a Californian speaking because that's for sure. What would happen here? You don't see him looking at any California cities. We got plenty of open land. I've driven through central California. There's a lot of room out there, but man, it would take forever to get anything built. Um, so we haven't done a great job of going like question by question. So I guess let's let's let me try to do that for a little while and and see you know what what we're gonna do. Uh, the first question was as Tesla journeys towards its goal, what are the most important vehicles that would drive that beyond what is announced? Elon refused to answer that question because he's like we're not gonna reveal products here. We do those in product reveals, but he said assume we're gonna make a compact offering, a larger capacity offering and we're going to do the obvious things. But again, I go back to all of these other things. Why? If if they 100% focused on full self-driving, no one's going to care. They could make the Model 3 literally forever for the next 50 years, never change it, and no one's going to care because they're not buying it. right? They're just getting in it for 12 seconds and getting out of it.
1: Well, it might be logical in the future to have a single occupancy car, the sort of mass transport individualized, that would make a lot of sense. Efficiently, batteries. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, I, it's mass transport, but I'm in my own little pod and I don't have to be next to stinky Tom or anybody. So that would make sense, but that would not be what people are thinking. People are thinking, Oh, you're going to get a little uh, four seater car. No, they'll probably just skip that and just like, no, we're going to have a one seater car.
2: I want the car from Brazil, the movie Brazil. Mm hmm. Remember that one? I don't. It was a one-seater, but it was kind of awkward looking. But what I'm thinking is that now that we have this pandemic Mm -hmm. and the likelihood of another one coming, I'm not going to burst everybody's bubble.
0: It's not zero. I'll put it that way. It's closer to 100%. It's exactly 100%. It's really just amount of timeline. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Will it be in 10 months or... 10,000 years. There's always been another pandemic. That's the way this works. Yes.
2: And so then we have to consider that all those people who are bagging on Elon for telling them that, you know, buses and public transportation, it's dirty and people don't want to do it. Now who's looking, uh, you know, prescient about that uh, assessment it's not super and prescient
0: if, because he was trying to build pods and put people in x's in the in the in the hyper in the tubes and stuff like that the boring company tubes that again a little more personal not 100 percent personal i don't think his original plan we saw the early plans we saw the pods with 15 or 20 people in them so like let's not over let, i mean elon's an amazing person let's not give him more than we need to <laughs> like he, yeah, he but, has shifted but he was very honest in saying like
1: If you had cash, public transport is not for you. It's a bit of a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. And so then he did have the sort of the 12-pod thing, but now it's just been given this little push. Like, oh, in a world where pandemics and stuff occurred, let's take this to the logical extreme, which is what we all want. It's like, I want my own pod. I want to be left alone. I want a HEPA filter. I want my own music. And, uh, you know, that's it. We're done.
0: Thank yeah, you. I get it, but again that that's not a good use of resources, right for everybody that you know like right It's not It's not a good use of metal depends rubber
2: on if, it, it depends on what's circulating between people as far as infections go. Sure. I, again, I, like taking it's not necessarily
1: that- a disaster, I know what you're saying. but if you can if you can manufacture the single pod, you know and you think about how small that could be, That theoretically wouldn't be too much more in uh, the resources and stuff than being on a train, because trains spend a lot of the time having not many people on them and stuff. So I don't know, there are probably manufacturing engineers and stuff like that could say, uh, maybe it's not that much more in the future where I can just basically create this thing with a battery and you're by yourself.
0: It's possible. But even if you just think about tires, right, like the amount of tires as opposed to a bus with six tires and 100 people, right, that's 100 cars with four tires or three tires or whatever. I mean, again, like and maybe they're more I'm not saying I don't know. Right. I'm just saying that that's something to also consider about this is the use of resources to put everybody in a pot. Probably a good idea. Obviously, we all think that's a great idea right now. Pandemic. I don't know how comfortable I would be getting out into a pod that somebody got out of a pod. Right? I don't know. You know, you guys can speak oh, to yeah. the. No, yeah, that's fine.
1: <laughs> they're all going to be they're all going to be equipped with ultraviolet light pulsing right. things that go. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> the next the next
0: the next question was, what is your vision for software at te- at Tesla? which elon answered full self-driving is the most important thing could have a few million cars becoming five times more valuable or at least five times more utility to each of those cars and basically take 12 hours of useful time for vehicle up to 60 useful time 60 hours of useful time for vehicle so that may do some of the offsetting of what we just spoke about right like so you have a car that you know could been 12 hours but buses are you know 24 hours theoretically they don't ever have to stop right they they can go and go and go yes robert
2: looking forward as to you know i think you make a very valid point the the environmental cost of tires for example it's not just the production of the tires is that the tires break down the bits and pieces get aerosolized which is a, one of the reasons that we have poor air quality in cities, and it also ends up in the runoff, which ends up in rivers and streams and lakes and oceans. But if you think about how Tesla approaches that, as well as brakes, they can redesign parts of car that some people, I think, Either they never had the balls to redesign or nobody had the balls to run with it. So if Tesla can redesign, let's say, a suspension to the degree that they can run a very hard tire, and they're already doing things like that that I'm unaware of, the tires have been redesigned considerably for uh, decreased rolling resistance, which is one of those reasons why the Model 3 in China can go with a less less dense battery is because they've gained efficiencies in all these other parts of the manufacturing. So, you know, there's still, I think quite a bit of room for ingenuity in all of this.
1: Yeah. And he went back to that over and over again. It was this earnings call was mostly about, uh, we're going to grow so fast. Every engineer, every smart high school student, everybody who's, uh, in college right now, please come and work for us. It was over and over again. It was clear that they have this massive growth thing. Right, and because it's they have funny the money. They have the money. But tires, its I don't think we can overstate it, they are an environmental disaster. For all the reasons Robert said, this microplastification. So, yeah, we've got the electricity thing down, we've got the solar panels thing down, but tires themselves, which nobody thinks about, are a disaster because all of that plastic goes onto the LA freeway and it goes into the roads and then the rain comes and where does all that go? Straight out into the ocean. So that is a place where some smart high school student is going to come and say, we can get rid of that. And through uh, genius engineering, uh, we're going to find a completely different way to have the, the way you the car attaches to the road. That would be an enormous advancement. Yeah. Some high school yeah. student out there right now is going to come up with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And for the record, I thought about the tire thing just now. I just wanted to kind of point that out. What's the answer? Tom? <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. I just pointed out that that is a potential problem in all of that uh, situation. I liked
2: how uh, I liked how Martin on the call said that they were putting the plumbing in place.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So when you're sitting in your car and they're not doing driving mm-hmm. there's no steering wheel and no pedals you're just in your car it's going to get maybe boring to look outside if you keep going the same route mm-hmm. over and over again so what are you going to be doing you're going to play games fallout shelter Is that what you're going to oh, do
0: dude i had to delete it from my phone so i was playing it in the car oh really i was I'll playing it in this. the car and the car is this it- a
2: media pick?
0: No, it's the game in the, it's the Lewis game in the Tesla car. And you basically, okay. you control a fallout shelter. It's like Sim City fallout shelter or like, and you're literally underground. You got to build water plants and electricity plants and all this stuff. It's completely addicting. I had it on my phone for like three days. I was getting zero done. I'm like, this has to go away. Uh, so yeah, I'll be playing Fallout Shelter and then being angry that I can't figure out how to delete it on my on my car. <laughs> um, but uh, then he talked, you know, again in that in that same little after the, to answer that question about the vision of software, he talked about like. Hard to convey how much better that 4D system uh, works than the current 2D system. And he called it the long march of nines in terms of reliability and how much better it will be than human. So he's very, very pro what's going on. Like he maybe has the most understanding of what autopilot can be. And either he is just lying to us to continue to get Mel's money for full self-driving or he really is onto something and they're all onto something. And again, it's not him. It's his team. There's a lot of really smart people working there. He, obviously, we know he's not doing it alone. Uh, the next question was an asking about an update on the alien. Go ahead, Melvis. Sorry.
1: You, he said it. You said it. I don't know this because I'm ignorant. What is the long march of nines? What is that?
0: So it's like the the additional percentage of betterness as it goes, right? So it's like ninety nine point nine percent to ninety nine point nine nine to ninety nine point nine 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 to ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Like at some point, it's the it's never going to be a hundred percent. Never going to be an accident. But that's the long march of nine, nines in terms of how Got much it. better it's going to get incrementally. It's a, that's how it's going to work, right?
2: And the question is, how many nines do you need? To convince lawmakers to just let full self-driving onto their roads,
0: I'll tell you this is this is all you need. Once once they start getting data from you guys at work, that uh, we've gotten uh, one motor vehicle accident this uh, year, <laughs> and <laughs> it was know. a <laughs> human, no cars, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> right, like that. That it won't take long, right? Especially if you're talking about like. Uh, single payer healthcare, if we ever get that, you know, like it's a, it's going to be a no brainer. It won't, if it's 2%, 2% better, 2% less motor vehicle accidents every year in the world. How many motor vehicle accidents is that? Right.
2: Uh, well, that's going to be basically like the highway patrol and whoever records Ooh. highway yeah. traffic accidents, like yeah. the highway traffic safety committee, that's, who's going to be, it won't be right. any
1: of that. It'll be the insurance companies. The insurance well, companies a, will say, if you want to drive, it's $200 a month. If you let the
0: car <laughs> drive, it's $50. it would be like, okay, we're done here. <laughs> well, we slide. could
2: actually talk, we, we could skip around, and this is a perfect intro. Yeah, we can. We can talk question, about
0: the insurance question. I think it yeah, wasn't that question, interesting to me, but feel free, Robert. I thought
2: it was fascinating having dealt with insurance companies a few times mm-hmm. over the last 24 months yeah. that Martin talked about uh, Tesla insurance. And he said, and, and people were asking again, What's the holdup outside of California? Because I guess Tesla Insurance is only here, and so, uh, or actually, a Zach uh, on the call. He um, Zach Kirkhorn said that uh, they're they're working hard on the insurance. The California version is like version zero point nine. Mm-hmm. I think that was Elon's interjection. They did a lot of that, but that point nine point yeah, five stuff. Yeah, they want to change the insurance dramatically before they launch it outside of the of california and their idea is to use all of the information coming from the car for like how was this person driving i don't know the thousand miles Mm -hmm. before they got into the accident and what was the situation of the accident i think they called it telematics Mm -hmm. that they're going to use that kind of data which is granular to decide What should be your insurance premium? And so if you want to drive fast and you want to, you know, rip around corners and you want to be somewhat reckless, then you'll pay for it with Tesla insurance. But if you're driving like, you know, grandma who goes to church on Sunday and drives, you know, five miles an hour below the speed limit, your insurance will be less. And maybe that also, I think they're going to have to be careful uh, with the whole redlining Uh, situation where if you're parking your car in a place where there's a lot of uh, accident, I like, you know, cars hit, cars broken into, they're going to have to be careful with that. But it sounds like they're basically going to use this this fundamental data system to revamp insurance for the car, which again, is going to upset a whole nother industry. And I think that's going to be Really fascinating. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think they're building this insurance product, again, it felt like even in this conversation, for ride hailing, right, for their ride network thing, right, because they know they're going to have people out there in robo cars. those cars are going to be insured by Tesla when they're on the ride-sharing network, like that is the plan as of right now, they made that pretty clear in this call, right, Tesla insurance will be provided on cars on the ride-hailing network, not sure if supplemental insurance will also be required.
2: They said they said that there was going to be insurance, so there's no choice. If you put it on the network, it's going to be insured. They didn't say specifically if it was going to be Tesla insurance, because they may not get the right to sell insurance in Michigan or Maine right. or I don't know where. So they're going to have to have some kind of insurance, but... Yes, I agree. It's probably going to be Tesla Insurance because they're probably going to work to get this rolled out all over the place. And they
0: even talked about changing the premiums month to month based on your driving, right? So let's say you're an 18 year old and you're they have no idea how you drive. They've never seen how you drive. And then you drive, they they give you a 200 dollars premium in January, and they see that you're a really safe driver. The your February premium could be 100 bucks.
2: True. Yeah, I wonder how quickly they can change it.
0: It's almost like they'll
2: have. You know, like, oh, my God, my insurance has been going up month after month. Maybe I should get checked for Alzheimer's. You know, it's like, (laughs) I wonder what this could indicate, what this could be
1: used for. This is just fascinating. It could be minute to minute. You're doing 85 on the freeway, and they're like, your insurance just went up a... There's like a meter.
0: It's like like the supercharger, right? Like you pay per kilowatt, you pay per launching of your plaid mode. That's true.
2: They said that the the information could further inform them on how they could decrease the cost of owning the car. So they could adjust the design of the car to decrease the cost of repairs. If they found that a lot of cars got bumped in a certain area and it costs a fortune to fix it, they could redesign the car. To make it more modular, so that wouldn't be as expensive. Well, I mean, the I other part about wild. this
0: that's really interesting, right? And the software update kind of shows this, right? So the and and I'll just share this one thing about fun with the uh, with uh, release notes. There was there's a new internal camera that they can have on so they can actually see how your body reacts in an accident, right? They can record an accident internal to the car, see where your body moves and like potentially make design improvements to the vehicle based on that, right? So not only having crash test data, which is very minimal, but then starting to gather real world crash test data to make the seats better, better airbags better seat belts better all kinds of things inside the car by saying oh everybody seems to be hitting their head on that thing we should fix that thing fascinating robert left he'd had enough of us
1: yeah robert doesn't care anymore
0: <laughs> what else you got in your list there thomas um uh we talked about Tesla energy being ignored uh sharing we talked about the semi that's the insurance thing we jumped to we talk well I started to talk about the alien dreadnought so let's um Talk about that. So the update on the Alien Dreadnought and where your thinking is, Elon said a lot of work and a lot of thinking towards the process. He said Nevada is version 0.5, 0.5. So it's not even close to the first version of Alien Dreadnought. I'm not actually sure how you do that, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. It's like it's working, but it's not actually a version of a thing. And he said it's approaching version one. And like Robert was saying, they're changing the design of the car to make it more manufactured. The German look cars will look will be made differently designed differently differently. differently without looking different externally now the thing that that brought up for me is does that mean different crash test results potentially like they'll have to get all of those safety tests in every country based on all of those tweak designs because I'm assuming some of those tweaks are structural uh, but I could be wrong that could be a bad assumption on my part but basically, that increases their capex efficiency, and then, like we said, they're able to build better factories cheaper and faster. and like basically, what he called it was moving the atom closer to the final stage. If you think of like every piece of the car in individual atom form, like how close can you get all of those atoms to where your factory is and then put a car and build it out and move it along uh it's pretty awesome, and that's what he talked about. We love manufacturing if you want to come work for us please do you won't get force-fed a turd sandwich if you're in manufacturing you get to help make the product better that was basically the line of the earnings call for me you won't get force-fed a turd sandwich
2: is that the, that's the that's the
0: the title of our show turd sandwich <laughs> yeah. yeah don't eat the turd sandwich
2: i was going to say so that means that elon's ideal factory is the sun
0: yeah 100 percent. yeah
2: because everything's there and it's all, there. It's all being productive.
0: Yeah, it's all, all going to energy, in rotating until it till it isn't.
2: Right, but like long enough to convert everybody so. to uh, electric vehicle transportation.
1: So let's talk about that. How do they do that? Because the concept he was trying to say is, if you put a GPS tracker on some of the molecules, the atoms that go into a car, it's insane. <laughs> it gets you know mined in Chile and then it gets extracted in Peru, and then it goes to China to be turned into uh, this thing, and then it goes to New York, and then New York sends it over to... That whole process of producing stuff is a global thing, and you probably go around the world. He was saying, I can't remember what he said, like multiple times you go around, around Three the world times multiple times. per atom
0: or something like that.
1: And what they're trying to get to is like going around the world once. Um, so trying to create the end product as close to the basic minerals that made that thing and it's a little bit like henry ford like bring the iron ore in at the beginning of the factory and at the end of the factory out comes a car Mm -hmm. so i don't know in modern society uh, modern the modern world how well you can do that but they think that they can do it by a factor of sort of like five or ten to reduce that it has to get sourced and You know, a plastic piece comes from the Philippines and a copper piece comes from Australia. And it's like trying to do it closer and closer to the source of the end product. Makes me kind of chuckle inside
2: when I think about initially when Tesla was moving into the Fremont factory and all these, quote, experts and big legacy car manufacturers were laughing at Elon. Oh, ho, ho, ho. He just made all these cars in a garage and now he thinks he can make cars in a factory and we've been doing it for decades and we know how complicated it is. And now within what, less than 10 short years, the whole thing has flipped. And now Elon has, you know, moved the mark on factories two or three steps. I'm curious to see what Berlin looks like and then Texas and how much different it is. Again, it's like sweeping the monopoly board.
1: This is, uh, again, a little bit of blowing a smoke up Elon's buttocks. But if you ever listen to the show over the last few years, you know that we will also very happy to criticize him. But entrenched ideas hmm. are entrenched. <laughs> um, the way you do medicine things, the way you build car things become very entrenched. To break that, to really change that, requires somebody who often is um, not just a free thinker, but like weird. Um, And Elon's weird and unrestricted by usual thought. And that comes with good and bad. But he's come to this problem and he's seen it as a problem and flipped it on its head. So true genius and madness is very close together. But I think what we've seen and are seeing and will see is that the manufacturing and cars is ridiculously complicated and is ridiculously entrenched. And to be arrogant enough to come in and say, all of you people have done this for 100 years, this incredibly complicated thing for the last 100 years, you're wrong. We can do it better and smarter is... Is remarkable, and it it doesn't happen that often. But when somebody pulls it off, mostly they're mostly they're insane. The people who think they can do it, and every now and then somebody is a genius. And I think we had the insane genius.
0: And a big part of the arc of this show, right, and our conversations, right, from the very beginning, is like, okay, he was trying to do this and they weren't making any money, right? And he was losing money and losing money and losing money. And he wasn't afraid to lose money. And we were like, well, oh man, he really, he's got some great ideas, but is he going to make it? Like, is he going to make it? Is Is—is he going to tweet himself out of his business, right? Is he going to, mm-hmm. is he going to make it? Is he yeah. going to make it? And his little engine just kept going up that hill and he got, he got the three out. And that was a game changer for CapEx, right? And he used that to, to get the Y out. And that it's a game changer for the CapEx, right? And he, he's using the Y to build, Two more gigafactories, right, and and all this other stuff was kind of peripherally re- peripherally happening. But he was just like, he's just moving forward. He's like, I'm moving, I'm moving forward. i now, I've been profitable for a whole year. I don't need to borrow your money anymore. I don't. Uh, oh, but now I can safely and now that i have access to all your money i can do whatever the hell i want and then if i do whatever the hell i want i'm making 25 percent margins on all my cars and then oh i don't know if you guys realize this but my energy business is going to be bigger than my cars all i really need is to find some freaking nickel and like that's where we that's the path that we've been taking with this right and and it feels like as of right now the danger of tesla not existing or even at this point like let's Like the danger of of Tesla losing Elon, right? If Tesla just did what they're doing right now, was able to advance to the road-sharing, ride-hailing system that we just talked about, they actually don't need to make any other improvements except for building a ton of factories and making a ton of cars, and they will just eventually change transportation. If they they need to make batteries, they need to make these cars, they wouldn't ever have to change them, get ride-hailing working, and Tesla becomes... I don't know. Like, what was that company in that movie where every product came from that one company? I don't even remember. what But right. uh, I think but, it's uh, Wiley Coyote and uh, <laughs> Acme. Acme. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's probably true. But but like but but that's and and I don't know. Like, I really hadn't put it all together until like having this earnings call and 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 having this weird understanding of watching it so closely for so long. But like, that's where we are. We've got, we've actually, we've talked about the tipping point or whatever the hell, the inflection point. Like, I think we're here.
1: Yeah. And I'm still trying to get my head around it. And then I'm looking at the stock price and I'm like, yeah, we've talked about this for four years, five years. And uh, I think we're there. This is a little like Jon Snow. And uh, this is another medical thing. So in epidemiology, wasn't that long ago that everything was miasma. You're always going back. You're always going to poop. What the yes. hell is going on, yeah, sorry, Mel? let's go back to poop. So John Snow, not from Game of Thrones, but the epidemiologist, the father of epidemiology. In London, there was a cholera outbreak and everybody knew, everybody understood that the way disease was spread was through bad air. It's just the bad air. And then along comes this genius that says, I think it's coming from the water. And did a series of studies which were totally... Nobody had done anything like this before. And worked out like, well, the cholera epidemic is actually coming from the water. And if you clean up the water and get the right water source, you can stop this. It was radical. It was He was a genius a decades, uh, hundreds of years before his time. And that's why I keep going back to, uh, oh, look, it's the pump. So Robert is showing It's a, my
2: teacup, my John Snow Society teacup.
1: It's the same kind of thing. This is, uh, Elon is complicated and difficult and wrong, frankly, about some stuff. He's been very wrong about COVID. But uh, when it comes to this stuff, uh,
0: I think we're seeing the inflection point, Thomas. And his team is just killing it right like that's the thing right he's not writing all of this code he's not doing it like he's saying can we do this and let's hire some smart people to do this and they're getting it done and can we do this and hiring smart people to do that and get it done and I don't know if you guys noticed he's also landed I don't know 59 rockets at this point used oh rockets God. five times he's building his own internet like he's doing that whole thing also right like like that's the thing he's doing that whole thing also <laughs> Well,
1: you bring up a good point as what is a... He's not doing it. I mean, he's a genius. He has a vision. Um, But there's so much to say and write and talk about. His ability to bring entire industries along is not because he knows everything about everything, but he has a vision. He has a personality. And yeah, reusable rockets. Yeah. A few years ago, people were like, what the F are you talking about? Reusable rockets. And now everybody's trying to catch up. It's like, damn, that guy just dropped the price of putting people in the space and stuff by tenfold and we can't keep up. Yeah. But he's surrounded himself with people who want to do that. And he, again, in the earnings call, kept saying, if you want to, like insurance, mm-hmm. is there anything more geeky and not interesting than actuarials? Nothing. And Great. he's like, if you would like to redefine what actuarial insurance and math is about. Come join us, because we're going to do that next. And there's most actuarials are like, I do not understand what you're saying. <laughs> and then there's a the couple of genius people like, I understand what you're saying. We can totally do this better. <laughs> he's going to yeah, he redo we insurance. Want high,
2: we want high-energy actuarials. Yeah, he's going to redo insurance,
0: manufacturing, space travel... Transportation, internet. energy, internet, <laughs> like, okay. Like, okay. I don't know. Like that's the thing, right? Like, and, and then, and drilling like boring holes in the ground. He's he's working on that one also. Like, and that's the thing again, like, yeah, it, at some point you have to be like, huh. What hasn't he touched? <laughs> you know, that like, guy, <laughs> that guy's smart.
1: That
2: guy. He did make a bunch of ventilators, a lot of uh, CPAP machines.
1: Yeah. And it is, uh, I find it's so fascinating because he's, well, I was going to say he's so wrong on COVID. He's so wrong on the idea that it's not really that bad um, because I don't think he fundamentally understands how the healthcare system work and capacity and it can be basically two or three times worse than flu and completely destroy your healthcare system, mm-hmm. um, but maybe if uh, you sat him down for a second and did some math, he would understand it. Or maybe he's completely right. And what we should do is just let this thing go and everybody die and it'll be fine. Um, so I find him frustrating. But uh, wow, there's not too many things that ultimately he hasn't transformed. Energy, transportation, underground transportation, space travel. It's like, what is, what?
0: Right. Now he's catching space things that fall out oh, of the sky. Can we talk right? about
1: that? Was that the <laughs> first time?
0: Yeah. So they sent the rocket up uh-huh. and the first
1: stage came back and landed. Okay. Done that a lot of times. Boring. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, but it shouldn't be boring. And it's then not. the fairings, two of them, break apart. Mm-hmm. The first time they've caught both
0: of them? Correct. Yeah. Nail owl. Yeah. It. yeah. And the next time, they'll hit the center of that net. You know they will. Like, they hit the edge <laughs> of the net, right? Like, they hit the edge of the net. That first stage rocket, man, the last three that I've watched, they are so dead center, it's not even funny. I know. Like, they're just dead freaking center. They're like, oh, yeah, this thing's landed. You guys want to prep that thing? because, uh... And they turn that thing around in 51 days. That thing flew those dudes that. to the space station, and they turned that. it around in 51 days and got it ready to go again.
2: That is the biggest part of the story. It's not landing it again or anything. It's the rapid reusability. And Elon wants to get it to like, I thought his, his recent goal was two weeks with a goal of making it hours when it comes down to the Starship and the Super Heavy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just basically time to refill it. Land it back on the same, uh, like an airplane, land it back on the same gate, fill it back
1: up fill it with people and food, and send it back up again. I know. It's like reuse it in three months, reuse it in one month. Then he's talking about uh, reusing it in 24 hours, but ultimately the goal is to reuse it in an hour. What? I took the rocket from here to Sydney, and it landed, and an hour later it's going to go to Singapore.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you got the luggage out of it, and you just have to re—you know—you got to put the new cart of food in it, and then you can just take off again. That's all you got to do. That's right. what they do with airplanes yeah. every day, right? Like,
1: it's got to take more than an hour to get the really tiny chardonnays <laughs> onto that.
0: <thing>. Yeah, not <laughs> if uh, not if Elon reinvents the airline cart for. Is he going to for... reinvent shoddy? <laughs> he doesn't have to. It's already perfect. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he need to reinvent perfection, Melvin? I, I mean, I'll seriously. You guys do you guys
2: have the notes open? I do, yeah. Look down to uh the SpaceX section and you can see the latest view of the Starlink
0: antenna. I am so oh. ready. I am oh, so awesome. ready for that thing. It's pretty small. It's, I wish there was it's like bad. a I wish there was a fl- I hope there's a flat mobile version of it.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought there was going to be a pizza box, yeah. but now it looks like this very it looks like a dish literally but not a the the very conical shaped dishes that you see it looks you know like a very nice and stylish white reflective mm-hmm. type dish on a black stem that has like a four bolt mounting plate yeah and they're, they're just using a layer they're using from it. it
0: the 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 staff are getting starlink they're in beta like they're sending data down
2: well this picture comes from Florida where they're uh, evidently using it to communicate with the
1: satellites
0: that are already up there. Yeah. And they're about to put some more satellites up there and then it's gonna go. It's gonna go. It's so gonna this be quick, looks like right? about a half or a
1: quarter of the size of a sort of a direct TV
0: satellite dish. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to think. tell. Like it's hard to tell scale-wise, but um, maybe I can look it up while we're talking. Here I'll put in the
2: link. It's from a business insider article.
1: I mean it's hard to it's hard to imagine this thing alone. Once they get the satellites up there, this means internet is available in every single country, in every single place, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Nineteen at inches. a price which is, if they do it right, uh, almost nothing.
2: Well, uh, there was talk though on the limitations yes. at high latitudes. So when you get up like into the upper half of Canada and like the upper parts of Finland, Norway, Sweden, it's going to be harder because there's going to be fewer satellites covering that area. So they're not going to pass as often. Your latency is going to be longer and it may not be such a panacea way up there, but that, you know, and that's also Northern Siberia, which is an area that's going to become, you know, either if it doesn't burn all up it's going to become a lot more populated because there's going to be a whole lot more land that you can either grow things on or or, uh, or graze animals on etc
1: but so, is that the difference yeah. between the sort of the original sort of 10 or 11,000 satellites versus the 45 if yeah. they get the 45 does that mean that they'll be throwing a whole bunch up by the poles probably so
2: and also to just handle the increased internet traffic
0: mm-hmm.
1: did you guys sign You're up excited. to be beta testers
0: i would There, it's not open at the moment but oh
1: i signed up no to be but a beta you can tester
2: you did yeah
1: there, i got so, an email like do you want to be a beta tester? i'm like yes but um it looks like for north america right now it's going to be canada and seattle it's not coming down to the la area for a while but i'm like oh, i would like to
2: test it I wonder if that's in my emails. But then I don't really need to. That's just one more complication. I don't have as much free time.
1: Well, I don't, yeah. I'm excited about this to go to, we have family and friends in Kenya and the internet there is very variable. And I keep saying one day, one day, soon, soon, Elon is going to uh, have this internet access for you and that really helps that continent. It's funny because we were just talking to our family. We call them family because they are basically family. And friends in Kenya and there was a, a Google Loom. Is it Loom? I think it's the Loom Project. So uh, Titus... For like
2: making clothing?
1: No, this is the the high balloon internet ah. that they were doing. So they were testing over Kenya and um, my buddy Titus is like, oh my gosh, there's a Loom Balloon. Loom Balloon? Uh, right over us right now. So they were testing over Kenya and um the balloon is going by and doing testing and he could see it on his app. It was pretty cool. I'm like one day you- soon, yeah. Elon is going to have uh, low earth satellites over Kenya, which is probably the last place because Kenya's right on the equator and they're starting in the Northern Hemisphere and then they're going to move the satellites further and further to the equator and then to the Southern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a while, but... Uh, this is and probably like,
0: And probably like 80% of the people on Earth live like, you know, somewhere in the equatorial region, right? Like mm-hmm. not not at the higher latitudes, you know, generally. Yeah, we're going to so. be moving because uh, it's going to get hot. Yeah, that's true, I guess. But then he'll just move yeah. the, you know, he'll just move the satellites yeah, to Yeah, could another... you take the
1: satellites with your ion uh, engines and just move them further because
0: everybody left the equator because it's 1,000 degrees. So this has really been an Elon love in today. Oh, I think we should yeah. probably move on to the final two segments of this show, and that could be Supercharger, Supercharger Update and mm-hmm. then uh, Boys Media Picks. I see nothing in there yet. And you must I'll have been doing something. In there, something. But can I just say, before
1: Robert does his now famous, now internationally famous, and I believe at this point intergalactically famous, Supercharger Woo. Update. I don't care about anything you're going to say, Robert, because of one thing. I looked up. Santa Cruz. Did the Santa Cruz supercharger open? And the answer is yes, it has 16 yes. stalls. It's, it's a V3. I'm done here.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm done.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, for two more years until your son graduates, and then you'll have well, to Well, he's thinking about doing another
1: year and doing a uh, multi-major because he's like, you know.
0: Because, because wh- why not?
1: Because why not? Because there's not going to be any jobs, uh, and the next year he can get an extra major, and uh, then he can go to Elon and say, "Yeah, I'd like to join you."
0: I w- that's a good point. I wish I was a manufacturing engineer because that's what I would want to do at Tesla. Like, I would love to go over there and like look around and spend like a month wandering around going. And using like problem solving abilities to be like, yeah, I think we can, uh, I think we can do some improvements there, and I think we can do like, I think that would just be super fascinating to be able to walk into Elon's office and be like, "Hey, buddy, I think I found another three percent over here on the left." <laughs> it is funny because I listen to him saying like,
1: "We need engineers, we need manufacturers," and uh, I think probably the person who's most likely to hire my son if he, you know, he's engineering. And he's uh, gonna get maybe a, a a computer science degree. He's like, I could double major. Like, pretty sure he's gonna be working for Elon, Space, Tesla, somewhere, Boring Company. It's
0: gonna happen. Or he could just go to Kenya and do the right thing. Well, that could happen too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he could become one of the guys who helps uh, tweak the auto bidder program. They showed that in the uh, they they mentioned it on the earnings call, but they have this whole program that manages the electricity coming in and out of those those mega battery packs, so that they can very very quickly monitor and respond to the grid to stabilize the grid on a was pretty damn cool
1: millisecond basis. I'm no very quick. I'm no doctor, but I think millisecond is very fast. Very very fast. So superchargers.
2: Open superchargers. This was a good two weeks. Our last show was on the uh, the 7th of July, so it's been two weeks. And we have, drum roll please, 16 new superchargers. What? Holy eight in the United States. I know. And this is during the COVID pandemic. So eight are in the United States, including uh, Santa Cruz. There's two in the Netherlands. And then we have one in Denmark, Canada, Norway, Mexico, and Espana. There are eight currently under construction, or I should say entering construction, and four newly permitted superchargers. And uh, ask me how excited I am to see that.
1: I'm very excited. How excited? Very excited. Very excited. Very excited. How excited? Very excited. Thank
2: you. Very excited. It's really cool. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of V2 and V... I'm sorry, a lot of V3. They're still pumping out those Metro chargers. And I just keep asking myself, why?
0: Why? Gotta have You got to have superchargers, why? bro. You got to have a lot of them. You got to have chargers everywhere. Because for most yeah. people, that's fine, right? Like, again, like the supercharger is like a very specific use, right? Like that's what it should be for. But there should be chargers everywhere. Like every light pole, put a Tesla charger. Who cares if it's 75 watt... It's, it, it's, it's, it's plenty, right? Like I'm if they're the mall, everywhere, i are
1: going to tug up to hours. Uh, right. yeah, wherever you can kilowatt. go. Right.
0: If they were everywhere,
2: That's but fine. it's true. But I just avoid, I try not to stop at the 75 at the, um, Metro chargers, 74 kilowatt mm-hmm. because they, they just take longer. And, you know, if I was going to get out and go somewhere and have a coffee or something, but nowadays I just can't do that. So mm-hmm.
0: They did Man. add a supercharger improvement in this latest software update. Did you guys see that for the Model S and the Model X? Did, did the I,
2: pre-warming. The, well, I did. A no, whole no, no.
0: Like actual, actual like 225 charging. Two twenty-five kilowatt peak charging for the V three. So V three superchargers, Model S and X with battery ID ninety three, and I don't know what that means, but it was in new. the I mean, that made It was in the release notes. It says the car is now able to charge at up to two twenty-five kilowatt peak rates. As usual, when you navigate to a supercharger, your car will condition its battery on the drive so it can charge faster. So along with all the dash cam improvements, and we didn't really go into fun with uh, release notes, so we'll do it again next. We'll do it next time. But I am very, very curious to hear what you pandemic people, you stole my media pick, Mel, have been watching. Please, Mel, go first.
1: Well, I don't want to do that, huh. but I do want to say um, I did it on Elon today. You don't listen to the show because you're not... Is that uh, show still it on? It's still on. When but did you do it? They a, snuck uh, that in. They snuck that S and X. Oh, you know how you can only charge at 125, and then they snuck it up to 150 kilowatts, and then they snuck in a 200 kilowatt, and then they snuck in a 225, and there were even reports of 250 kilowatts. I'm like... Uh, Did they put new goop in the 18650s? Did they put 2170s in there? It's not clear, but the rate of charging of S and X, which has been a problem, is now very close to 3 and Y. So uh, I don't know how far back it goes. I don't know if it's like, for cars built in the last month or for cars built in the last six months but they have increased the charging speed of SNX substantially. I'm assuming it's for cars built recently.
0: But this is interesting because I feel like this was one of your things about SNX. Like, okay, when I said 500 mile SNX and you were like, no, because it doesn't charge fast. 500 mile SNX with V3 225 supercharging, Mel?
1: Yeah, dude, that it actually does change the uh, <laughs> algorithm. <laughs> If they get Model X with 350, 400 miles charging and 250 kilowatts, is the Y the right car? Because the X is... I hate the Falcon Wing doors, but uh, it starts to get me a little excited. I start to get bored well, let's see, on this.
0: Let's see the level of excitement. So Okay, so Model Y, 300, pretty fast charging. Excite. Model X 400 225 charging. Enough? Ah, yes, it's enough, Thomas. Oh, well then, are we not there today? We're so close, Thomas. We're there. No, no, we're not even so just We're actually there. That's not happening. We're actually there today because you can buy an S with 400 plus miles of range and you can clearly charge it V3 at 225 because it's one of the newer ones. Like, that car exists. That car exists, Mel. You uh, say you would buy
2: an S now instead of the Y? Is that what you said? No, no,
0: I'm
1: not going to buy an S. No, no, no. But but here's what's what's happening. The wife's uh, X is up for, uh, you know, we got on the lease, we got a, like a year left. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, why? We're getting the Y. It's, it's all Y. We're getting the Y. Why. It's, it's Y. Why. But if the Model X, a year from now, has 100 miles more range and basically charges almost as fast, uh, I'd be like, eh, you should get the, you should stick with the X.
2: I'm just saying oh,
1: instead listen, of a Y. And I can drive all the way to Santa Cruz with one <gasps> charge. Ah, listen to this. Yeah,
2: you know, stuff
0: is happening. Yeah, and then, okay, well, I'm going to keep going because this is fun for me. Uh, so 400 and we got you into an X, or we, at least you got your wife to buy an X, but you're still in the Y. You still got the one. You got the one car. Yeah. Uh, hey, 500 miles. An X with five hundred miles. X with five hundred miles and two fifty K at KW charge. I'm done.
1: Done. You can take those doors and you can smack me on the
0: head like three times a week. I'm getting That's And that's how quickly Mel's love affair with the Y ended. (laughs) And I'm all for it because you know what that means for me? That means for me that there may be a Y available at maybe a reduced cost to one fine Uh, Tesla co-host. This is why all of this is really about me. It's a whole long game I've been playing with the Y. But can you do the part where you go like Model Y, doors that don't hit you in the
1: head, 400 miles... I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the car. Can you do that? Or do you just have to make X so good that it's ridiculous? Can you make well, the Y I, better? I,
0: I I say they stay with one. I say personally they stay with one battery for the Y and the 3. They just keep that battery. Whatever it moves up to, it's going to be a long time before it's 5. Okay, I'll give you 350. How about that? The Y is 350. The X is 500.
1: Oh, my gosh. My brain's gonna
0: explode.
1: (laughs) I know. I know how to play this game very well with you. The Y is three fifty, and the X is five hundred.
0: Uh huh. Oh, Uh
1: Thomas, you (laughs) are a you're
0: dirty, you're dirty,
1: dirty man.
0: Here, let me answer for you. Of course, you're gonna get the X. I could even bring the Y to four hundred. No,
1: four hundred.
0: 400 and the x is still at 500 500 mil Ooh, that's 100 more that's 25 percent more range you're dirty stop it <laughs> <laughs> i don't have to stop even it. move i don't even have to move the x and any there's no possible way you're not getting a, any tesla if they come out with a tesla with how about five Cybertruck, 500 miles super fast charging now you're getting ridiculous
1: because now you're gonna like <laughs> now you're gonna go roadster seven hundred miles. <laughs>
0: I mean, well, that's what like, I was. No, I've 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 walked away from the Roadster because Thank I you. understand that the Roadster is not a thing. Not that at is, all it, It's not. It's not for you, right? It's not a thing for you whatsoever. Now, if we were having this conversation with Robert, I could easily get Robert into a Roadster. That's oh, not no. a problem whatsoever, right? But you, I'm just trying to dance around the love of the Y, the practice, and the range. I'm playing the Y range game. That's what I call this. It's this is the right game. The Y Nobody range cares. game. Nobody cares. <laughs> I, if they could see the panic on your face oh and the God. sort of pains physically it, that you're going so through. It's so upsetting. Because you have been like, no, I need the I need the S, I need the X, and now you're like, oh, no, I really, the Y is the car. That is the best car ever made. Tom, why can't you just me give me a y.
1: y with 500 miles? Why would you torture me? Just give me a Y okay, with 500. Okay, how
0: about this? You have a Y with 500 miles, fast charging. You have an X with 650 miles. Uh, y, done. <laughs> Done.
1: No. We've reached oh. the point where I can't drive all day at 70 <laughs> miles an hour without exploding my bladder. We're done. Okay,
0: how about X? 600 miles, 500 kilowatt charge. Oh, damn you. <laughs> damn you to hell. Help. I could do this all day.
2: Well, all I can say is, it's been two hours. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun listening to you guys just no, yammer no. on endlessly, and I have no media pick this week because I've been working and uh, focusing on other stuff. I did finish the the Kim Stanley Robinson book, New York twenty forty. Nice. And Mel, I'll, I'll I'll tell you, you you got to get that thing. Is it good? It it's like his other books. It's like hard to get into it. Like I because I started it. I don't know. Six months ago, and put it down. And now that I finished it, I was like, "Damn! I wanted this to keep going." It was. It was very. It's very. very
1: good. The, his books are very uh, meaty. They're yes. very science based. They're very. So, all right. I'm going to try that. I'm. Uh, I'm reading right now. Well, I'm reading some stuff that's anti-Trump and stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. shocker. Mary Trump's book, maybe. I'm actually uh, redoing the Foundation series from Isaac Asimov, because I know that's coming to Apple's, uh, so I'm getting back into that. But my media pick is Greyhound. Tom Hanks.
0: So good.
1: And I know... And so there's an interesting thing here. So there's a lot of um, Navy officers and stuff, and historians are saying, this is not realistic. And my answer to them is I understand that because if you're an expert in an area, any movie made about the thing that you're expert in is not realistic. So in Greyhound, the experts are saying, well, they can't turn that fast. They can't do that thing. But the point of the story, the overwhelming sort of arc of the story is true. But when you're making a... Movie about it, you have this giant, you know, boat that's going to blow up U boats doing turns that are probably physiologically and physically impossible, but it makes for great TV. And I got to say, when Tom Hanks says, Turn left as hard as you can, and it does, you're like, Damn, I don't care if the physics isn't true, I love it.
0: Yeah, That's it's intense. A, it's cla- oh, it's like it's sorry. it's in the Atlantic, but it feels so claustrophobic, right? It feels like such closed quarters, right? All this stuff is happening in like no space at all. And mm. and they're like passing within meters of U boats. There's U boats on both sides of the ship. Like it is just so well shot. It is so well done. He is just very intense, and it's like the And and then on top of it, you have this whole, like, this is the first battle, like, this is the first, his first tour is this one crossing, this first crossing, and all of that that's involved in it, and there's all these interpersonal relationship things that happen, and it's just so good. It's so good for an Apple TV-like movie, like, amazingly well. And
1: you read about, like, okay, there were these convoys of boats that went from America to Mm -hmm. England, and... I'm like and then they show for the first time I've ever seen really well done mm-hmm. a a visual representation, a movie of oh my gosh, there's a convoy of boats. Yeah. look at all these boats, look at all these people, look at all these soldiers, look at all these food, look at this, and then people are gonna come and try and kill you
0: yeah thirty five hundred ships went down during world War two in this in these convoys seventy two thousand plus people lost, like merchant marines and people on those boats, right? Like they were devastated. And without that convoy of raw materials getting to England, like they don't survive the Blitz. They don't survive any of those other things, right? They don't. We don't have D-Day without this. It's sort of the untold part of the war. And there's a lot of people that criticize Churchill, right? I did a lot of research after the fact. I don't like to do too much research before I watch a movie. But there are people that criticize Churchill. One of the big uh, arcs of the movie is that they lose air cover for like four or five days, right? Because they don't have long enough long range bombers, right? They into the middle of the pit. But a lot of that, they blame some people blame Churchill for not releasing bombers to that, that he had that could have potentially done that. There's a lot of back and forth and you can read about it. It's very fascinating. There's a lot of historians that argue that he did exactly the right thing and that, that at the time, you know, he did what he had to do and basically they didn't have the planes at, at a certain part, but just just so well done that the movie is just like, it's emotional. You're in it from the beginning to the end, like just beautifully shot, uh, just really well done. And so that's also my media pick. That's a great one, Mel, honestly. Um, I do have another one. So I've been doing a lot of research into virtual conferences and I ran across this one virtual conference and it was a bunch of, I think it was being run by a bunch of Nigerian women. It was about uh, female empowerment and all that stuff. And there were a couple of hosts, guests on it. And they run this website called thegirlslikeme.com. So if you go to thegirlslikeme.com forward slash journal, you can see all of these stories written by these empowered women about their relationships and life and living. And, you know, like I thought I read six or seven different ones about relationships and divorce and all these other things and learn so much about their perspectives and that perspective about this stuff. So if you have any inclination and you're interested in any of that sort of thing, I highly recommend that as a, as a, not a pure media pick, but some really good writing by just normal everyday people who, who write about their lives and and their feelings and stuff like that. So very cool. You're
2: such a cultured guy, Tom. I feel even more cultured, just knowing you. (laughs)
0: Thank you, I appreciate that. So it's really good, stuff. so cultured, Tom.
1: Yes. Can That's I just good. say Greyhound again? Though it's really good. Yeah,
0: dude, say Greyhound. I mean, like, say Robert. If you don't watch Greyhound by the next time we record, it's going to be a Then problem there's something for you. wrong with it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Apple paid seventy
0: million dollars for that.
2: Yeah, I'm just curious. Million. Was it all shot, filmed, and finished before COVID? I don't or know. Are they they showed a, a lot of CGI. Mostly?
1: So a, lot a lot of CGI, CGI. A, lot a lot of Mississippi. Lot of okay. Um, super, super. I looked up the crew and the person.
0: V, the VFX crew, like on IMDb. If you open up like full crew, right, I'll give you like cinematographer, one person, director, one person, VFX, four hundred and ninety-two people <laughs> in the VFX, on the VFX team. So like that's that you that gives you kind of a general idea of what you're looking at. They had just. Incredible, and then there's even these scenes, and I don't want to give too much away. There are these scenes where the captain of the German U boat is like taunting this captain over the radio. The Wolf Pack is—I'm go- not going to do a German accent. The Wolf Pack is coming to get you. You'll be dead. And so, like, so the whole like there's like the psychological aspect of it as well. Very, very.
1: <sighs> you know, uh, we think about. Uh, I think about. Maybe we all think about these incredible times in human history. We can't go back 400 years. We can't go back 500 years. But the Second World War was one of those things like it's close enough that our parents and our grandparents were involved in it. And it was like overwhelming. And that's why we're fascinated by it. It's like, that did happen to you? And we are now with covid In a time where our kids and our grandkids will be going, that happened? That's kind of how I feel where we are right now. And that's why I find the Second World War so interesting because I know people that lived through that. And it was crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm going to shut this down. I'm going to call this done. I'm going to say thanks, Tom and Robert. I'm going to end this. Uh, We've been going a while. I'd like to uh, go longer, but uh, you know it's past my bedtime. Me too. I've got things to do in the morning, and Robert has to get up. Robert, you got to go to work at four a.m. What's please? I wake up at four a.m. Then it takes me about fifty minutes
2: to get out of the house, and then I have an hour's drive, and then I have to put on my mask and all of my good, good protective equipment to start at six. So
1: yes, and. Yeah, we saw countries across the world explode and uh, you're now saying that in the beautiful city of Camarillo in California, wide open spaces, that uh, the virus has arrived. It's actually
2: Oxnard that's the big hotspot and it's, uh, it's also related to a lot of um, the way people live. So there's a lot of congested living among people who are Either not documented or not wealthy, and so there's been a couple of massive spreads going on there, where like you know 120 people turn positive, and uh, and then it just leaks out into the rest of society. So, you know, it's sort of like one of those jabs when people say, "Oh, it's over there. It's not going to happen to me," but if we don't take care of all of us, the most vulnerable mm-hmm. among us, in addition to those of us who have wealth. And education, the, like I said, the COVID virus is sort of like the honey badger. It don't care. It don't care. It's coming. It's coming. No matter what, it's going to get you. That's the honey badger. That's the COVID virus. So we best take care of everybody.
1: So you've got those multi-generational families like grandma lives with the grandkids and she's looking up the grandkids. And so uh, it's here. And we thought, and uh, it's amazing to think. Go back in time, but there are so many communities of thought like it passed us by, it didn't come to us, and then it comes. And, and then so, whack, you just like my friends in Chile, like, oh, we it passed us, and then they got big time, like New York, big time. This thing is uh, it's the real deal. Let's get a vaccine. Let's uh, let's get a vaccine soon, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. boys and girls. It's time that to say goodbye. Topic. We are a couple of hours into this. Be safe, be well. Wear your masks. Not for you. Here's the thing. Don't wear the mask because it's going to reduce your chance. It's, no, it might reduce your chance of getting a little bit. Wear the mask for uh, the sociological reason that uh, you could help the person next to you. Uh, the grandma, the grandpa. Not even them. There are young people getting sick from this. Wear the mask because it's your way of saying... I care about my fellow humans. Wear the mask.
2: And use my code, Robert3177, when you buy your model
1: X, S, Y, and three. I want to have a Boom. mask that says, Robert, what's the number? 3177. I'm getting a mask that says that.
2: Robert3177. Yeah. Tom,
1: you got nothing to say?
0: Uh, All I have to say is, Robert, I am very grateful to have a clinician like you working every shift to try to help members of this community to get through this. And uh, I'm very appreciative of that work. I'm very appreciative of the work that all of your colleagues do as well. I have a very uh, big place in my heart for emergency medicine and... For medicine in general, uh, having been in this industry for many, many years now, and uh, I get you guys, and I'm, I cannot, I cannot possibly put words on my level of appreciation.
1: Do not, not you, say Tom. Robert's a hero. I'm talking I about did not. I did not
0: very purposefully no, not, did you, not use not that you.
1: word. You, the public, do not call yeah. Robert and healthcare workers and people on the front line a hero. And then go to Ralph's without a mask. Because that's saying, thanks, hero, F you. Or invite Don't a bunch that. of
2: friends, 20 people in a backyard, running
0: around sharing the same toilet. Yeah, It's yeah. hard, man. This is hard. But stay in, your, stay in your bubble. Wear a mask. It's not as hard. I'll tell you this. It's not that mask. hard. Wear an effing mask. A mask does not hurt as much as a, a tube does.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and the mask you're wearing is a flimsy little thing, and the one that Robert has is ripping up his face and his ear bowls.
0: He, <laughs> he can't even have a beard, oh. poor guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. have a
2: beard anymore. It's crazy. I've been shaven. I got a spot on my chin, I keep kinda of shaving too close. Oh, it's absurd. I look forward to having a beard. Oh boy do I. Yeah.
1: Legend boys go we're done. Peace out, boys thanks. Ciao.